Did you push the button? I hit the button. I didn't know you hit the button. I, I hit the button. Welcome to the most professional podcast out there. The underappreciated <laughs> movie podcast where four friends discuss movies that they love, but nobody else does. Hey, hey, ho, ho. I'm Tony. <laughs> I'm Elaine. 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 Oh, she's supposed to say each week we have. No, a, she's supposed to say I'm Elaine first. I did. I forgot. <laughs> Not my fault. <laughs> John. Carly. I said Carly. I'm Tony. <laughs> each of us has a specific <laughs> movie genre. I have horror, horror. <laughs> I have science fiction fantasy. I love when our openings are just a mishmash of weirdness. It cracks me up. I know everybody else must hate it, though. Science yeah. fiction fantasy. I have I romance with a little bit of drama. <laughs> I have action adventure. But not this week. No, no. no. Nay, nay, nay. Because. This week. On the it's podcast. My birthday. It's Carly's birthday. And it's my pick for Carly's birthday. I picked 19. What? So he picked the romantic drama from the 1989. Secret, 87. <laughs> oh, the secret of my success. Oh, I did write mm-hmm. 87. I just said mm-hmm. 89. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, this movie is about a talented young man can't get an executive position without uh, rising through the ranks. So it comes up with a shortcut, uh, which also benefits his love life. Wink, wink. Then he gets some A double crooked letter. <laughs> wink, if you will. Mm-hmm. Ass. Okay. So, this movie, um, we want its particulars here, has a Metacritic score of 36. Yeah, it's low. Yeah, it's kind of low. Um, mm-hmm. It's tomatoes that are rotten. It's 48% tomometer and a 58% audience score. So, this gets in all kinds of different ways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and 6.5 out of 10 on IMDb. Wow, that's high. Yeah. When you look at, I mean, I'm Everything not saying on IMDb six is six though. But no, but now, now like here's where here's, here's where it gets fun. It had a budget of twelve million dollars and its box office was one hundred eleven million dollars. Wow! <laughs> like what the hell? How did that happen? Michael J. Fox. This was the late '80s and it was Michael J. Fox. This Michael J. Fox happened. <laughs> this is not his best movie though. It's not Teen Wolf. I maintain that his best movie is Doc Hollywood. Well, this is starring Michael J. Fox, so why don't we just go ahead and th- go ahead and go through uh, Michael J. Fox's um, movies here? Okay. You may know him from Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. Welcome yeah. back to the podcast from Teen Wolf. Mm-hmm. Uh, Doc Holliday. Doc Hollywood. That's what I said. No, it's not. <laughs> Doc Holliday. Yes, I want to see. Michael J. Fox say I'm your Huckleberry. Also, welcome back to the podcast from Atlantis, the Lost Empire. He That's was true. he was in Stuart Little. Mm-hmm. Um, he was in the American President. It's such a good movie. It is. Um, he was in this movie called For Love or Money, which wasn't very good. He was in this mm-hmm. movie called Life of Mikey, which was mm. uh, it's good on Spin City. And he was also in this little movie called The Hard Way, which you may see again soon. Yeah, you're going to forget. But the best thing came out of that movie was the LL Cool J song, Mama Said Knock You Out. Okay. Spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> and he's, you know, he's got a, what the, what's his, uh, Parkinson's. Parkinson's. Yeah, he's got a rather public case of Parkinson's, so he doesn't really do much now. But very, very talented actor from the 80s and early 90s. <laughs> this movie's also starring Helen Slater. Welcome back to the podcast from... Oh, God, what was that? Jesus, Louisa. Was it The Legend of Billie Jean? No. no. Was it Supergirl? No. no. 
Was it the Supergirl TV show? Because she was in that. Oh, Mad Men. No, what was, was she it? In something? I just, yes, was she, she was. She was. I just looked at it. Well, she was in. She's been in a lot of TV. Hold on, I'll find it. I'm looking because I, <laughs> I, I, I. We're something not. weird. Oh, um, no, it wasn't that. It wasn't that. Do, 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 do. She was. I remember because I was like, oh yeah, she was in that. Um, bah, 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 bah. All right, well, you keep looking for that. We're gonna keep on going through. Um, also starring Margaret Witten. City Slickers. City Slickers. She was Slickers. in City Slickers. I know, but that's what I keep thinking. <laughs> City Slickers. Who you may remember from Major League, Major League Two. Who? Margaret Vera. Whitten. Vera. 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 Mm hmm. And I also like to mention Christopher Murney. Welcome back to the podcast from The Last Dragon in the Wayback Machine, like episode two. Who was he in yeah. The Last Dragon? He was um, Eddie. Eddie Arcadian. Oh, that's right. Who in this he played God. Yeah, see, he was in the running for least favorite character. You also might have known Fred Gwyn. Gwyn. <laughs> from Welcome Back to Podcast from Pet Cemetery. And the Monsters, yeah. Did we do Pet Cemetery? We did. We did. It, it, it me, so during COVID. The lost COVID years. The lost COVID year. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're going to round this out with Mercedes Ruel who played Sheila, the waitress, who was the mother in Big. Yeah. Because I was watching, go, hey, the mom from Big. You're not going to... What about the other mailroom guy? Wasn't he... He's kind of famous. Isn't Melrose? He? Yeah. Um, let's Wasn't see. Wasn't he Ira on Mad, uh, Mad About You? John Pankrow, who was in Mad About You as Ira. I think he was in something when I was looking through it. Morning Love. He has been in a couple things, but... Hey, whatever's. I mean, he's. A so we talked about too. that. We talked about that. Uh, the director of this is Herbert Ross, who you may also know from the wonderful tales as. Um, still looking. No, The Turning Point, starring the wonderful and Anna Bancroft, Shirley mm -hmm. MacLaine, and Viper from Top Gun. Stop that. This was written by Jim Cash. Mm -hmm. No relation to Johnny. No? No, no relation. Mm -hmm. Who also, uh, he wrote Top Gun, the first one, and he wrote Dick Tracy, but that was based on something. Mm -hmm. And he gets a, a credit for Top Gun Maverick because those are his characters. And he also wrote Anaconda. And welcome back to the podcast. Yeah. Such a underrated classic. And also his Anaconda don't want none unless you got buns, hun. And he wrote the screenplay for Turner and Hooch. Did okay. we do Turner and Hooch yet? No. no. Um, so what did you think going in late? I think I have some breaking podcast news. We received an email. It's titled Episode Feedback. Oh, shit. <laughs> it's from loyal listener Audra. Oh. <laughs> Dear Carly, Tony, John, and Elaine. That's Audra as fuck. Since my late night texts about the podcast are underappreciated and you are obsessed with getting an email, I figured I'd email you my thoughts about this week's episode, The Lost City. Wow. I give this movie a yay. I think it's a lighthearted, funny movie. I do wish they would have come up with a funnier way to weave into the movie that Brad Pitt's character was alive. He could have popped up again in a funny way and then died for real or kept popping up and dying. I also really like Daniel Radcliffe 
as a funny, inept bad guy. It had a soap opera bad guy feel to it, which I liked. The rescue scene was my favorite scene, and my favorite character was Loretta's publisher slash assistant who tried to rescue her. I've watched it twice since it came out, and I'll probably watch it again soon. <laughs> Looking forward to this week, Audra. <laughs> I would like to counterpoint that it's not that her late night tests are unappreciated. It's just she underestimates how early I go to sleep. Wait a minute, that was the only email? Yes. I sent one. <laughs> no, you didn't. I did. Then who the hell did I send that to? Oh, no. Oh, no. He uh, got our email address wrong. Overappreciated did movie it, podcast. Hold on. Did it go to junk? Gmail. She goes in the junk file and there's like 27 emails I'm going to die. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it says no mail. John Pankow, Ira from Bad About mm-hmm. You, was in Life as a House. Ah. Oh, welcome back to podcast. The I don't dude. remember what character he was. The, Even the name, not ringing a bell, but... The maintenance guy was in Ghost, and the other guy was in Last Boy Scout. Uh, and also, cool. the guy who hung the nameplate Bruce was Willie Lopez. Bruce McGill. Yes, Ghost. that's true. That's what I just said. The maintenance guy. The maintenance guy. Oh. Um, keep drinking. I would also like to say, so thank you for that email, Audra. We look forward that to another email. email. It was. Very exciting. <laughs> I just I put in there that that John character has a sexy voice. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you do? Send it from your work email account? Maybe. All right. Um, Somebody's gonna be like, "What?" But my thoughts, <laughs> my thoughts when he picked the secret of my success. Oh, we're doing that still. Yeah. I like that movie. I would rather watch Doc Hollywood. <laughs> Why would he pick this for Carly's birthday? Those are the total of my thoughts. Wonderful, Tony. I was like, I haven't seen this movie since I've been able to drive. <laughs> so, let's see what happens on a rewatch. <laughs> I've been able to drive. Mm. Coffee just almost went everywhere. Sorry. That was hilarious. Carly? I never heard of it. <laughs> Luckily, John was sitting. How old were you when this came out? Three. Two? Yeah. <laughs> All right, so, I have some reviews. Excellent. Which I don't always do, and I'll be honest with you, I looked up these reviews while we were sitting here. <laughs> Double excellent. Uh, this one's called Mud Stuff. Mud Stuff? Yeah, the guy's name is Mud Stuff, which is like, right, you have my attention. Uh-huh. Possibly my favorite MJ movie. Mm-hmm. I was like, Possibly. Michael Jordan's in this? <laughs> mm-hmm. Michael Jackson. I cannot remember the first time I saw this film. It was a long time ago. This is definitely Michael J. Fox at his best. And I'm sure anyone reading this knows his story. And probably reminiscing themselves and, and reminiscing themselves about how much they like this too. Well, I like it. From the initial setup about Mike, not, not the character, not Brantley, Mike. <laughs> Mike moved to the big city to the predictable but great ending. It just oozes class. People can criticize it for its continuity, plot holes, etc. But this remains one of my favorite movies. From its cinematography to the kick-ass soundtrack. I do have some thoughts about this soundtrack. <laughs> I remember buying this tape and playing it nonstop. Wow. You picked wow. this review because it had a tape. Yep. <laughs> and it was mud stuff. Mud stuff. Which makes me think of butt stuff. <laughs> me too. <laughs> he said it and I was like, like butt stuff? <laughs> Well, that was a 10 out of 10. <laughs> it definitely was. I thought a 4x4 four four spraying mud, but apparently... You know, <laughs> nah. This one is called... I'm a gentleman. <laughs> from... No, you're not. Kanye Kegel. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> I was movie... thinking of vaginal contractions. <laughs> <laughs> this movie really wasn't good for me. 
I don't think a man could ever go into a non-owned uh, office and go ahead and take control of it without being hired. The movie just nothing. But people cheating on each other in a form of incest <laughs> made me very uncomfortable to watch this movie. Um, this movie was absolutely ridiculous to me, and I just don't like old school movies like this. I'm like, oh, when did you write this? 2015. Well, you shouldn't have been watching this. <laughs> he's not biologically the uncle. No, like, he's hardly... Re- he married an aunt. He's, he's <laughs> Who died. <laughs> and then remarried Vera. He's hardly related to him. She's definitely not related yeah. to him. Yeah, the, the incest is minimal at, at best. This is like, you know, if you... Ooh, you slept with your seventh cousin twice removed. Does that even count? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no. So, all right, all good? All in? Did I, I guess. Did I miss anything? I don't think so. Okay. You got the money, you got the reviews, you got the ratings. I've got the touch. You got the, the background power. of the people involved. Okay. All right, let's get to it. Um, the secret of my success, Universal Pictures. We open with Brantley's parents talking about him going to New York. Mm-hmm. With little flashbacks. They're on the farm in Kansas. Um, so, Brantley arrives in 1980s New York City. Can we talk about the font of these credits? <laughs> yes, it says it was the 80s. Yes. Yes, it was. You know what else this movie Did anybody needed? else immediately notice the font of the credits? No, but I did notice long. that it feels like Hollywood should be somewhere around this movie. But you know what? He was probably in the, the back. scene where he's shirtless bailing hay, uh-huh. there was a moment when I saw that he was shirtless and I thought that they were going to be giving him water to splash on himself like they didn't have any. <laughs> <laughs> I also thought it's like what? <laughs> I also kept thinking Michael J. Fox looks like a baby. <laughs> oh yeah, he looks like he's fifteen. Well, he was. How old was he in this? Oh. I don't know. This he was born in sixty one, and this was eighty seven. So he was twenty six years old. Jeez, he's just one of those people that looks young. He yeah, looks but 15. he also, you know, right before this, he did Teen Wolf and <laughs> Back to the Future, where he played a high school kid. So. This is his big coming out. <laughs> like, okay. I'm not a teenager anymore. I've now graduated from college. <laughs> I mean, he they were still filming girl, uh, Family, Family Tides. Tides. Yeah. Like, this movie wrapped, and two days later, he started the next season of Family Tides. So. Which, at the end of that series, he went off to college, I think. <laughs> yes. So. But, I mean, he looks like he's 15. Yeah. So, um, he sees some people in New York, and we see the 1980s punk style. And he says, well, we're not in Kansas anymore. Thank you. <laughs> um, cut to Brantley um, back with his parents telling him he has to go to New York. You know, this is just something he has to do. He gets to his apartment, and this apartment is full of shit. Yeah. Like, who moves into an yeah. apartment and it's just packed full of stuff? And he makes a deal with all the bugs and rats and anything that has more legs than he does. If he stays on their half of the room, he'll stay on his. <laughs> and he goes, I warn you, I have an iron. He pulls out his iron, and then he hits like a rat or something, and you hear it squeak, and he goes, that guy wasn't listening. So we cut to um, Brantley's office. He walks in for his first day. He's got his file folder, and he's walking in, and he's looking for his boss. And he finds his boss. says, hi, I'm Brantley Foster. It's my first day. And he goes, great, kid. You're fired. He's like, what? I came here for this job. He goes, hey, look, there was a house takeover. Um, 90% of this building just got fired. You all saw it coming, but pretended like it wasn't happening. <laughs> So to, to set some stages here, this is um, yuppie culture in New York in the 80s. This was a, what, I don't know, I don't know how to really Minus the cocaine. I mean, there was definitely some booger sugar in this office. <laughs> and in every office. Everywhere. No, not not every office, some offices had quaaludes. Mm. The yeah, way that, thing. when he goes <laughs> into this office to show up for his first day, people are like, 
shredding things real fast. Mm-hmm. I thought the IRS caught up with them. <laughs> <laughs> Might have been. But they're like, hostile takeover. Like, yeah. okay. Why are you getting rid of so much stuff? <laughs> yeah, well... Yeah, you never know. Which it was funny. Um, they probably been cooking the books, and they need to get rid of that before they get found out and get charged. They're like carrying chairs out like it was a rushed. We need to move last, right now. <laughs> last spring, in last year in the spring, like late spring, early summer, there was a lot, of, lot of rumors that the company I worked for was going to get sold. And I was talking to the store manager at my store, and she's and I'm like, should we be concerned if they sell the company? And she said. We are literally the last people that will lose their jobs. They will fire every single person in corporate and every and they will cut all the sales floor employees like in half. But the store management team will be, you know, three people doing the job of 17 people because like holding the company together like glue. Like literally when it's retail, that's the last people who get fired. Well that makes sense because they need people to do the actual like, work and they know how to do that, the work. As long but as all your the executives open, don't really do anything. The, like the supervisors and the manager because they're the ones that, and they're literally doing everything, but and I was like, oh okay, that sounds fun. This is like the comedy side of happen. American Psycho. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever seen American Psycho? I know you haven't. <laughs> but it's the same kind of yuppie culture where they're well, same kind of deal. Only one of them it's is like the zero. Instead of selling the company, the board ousted the CEO. <laughs> well, you make bad. Anyway, so Brantley goes on the job hunt, and he doesn't have any experience. And the first person he talks to is like, "We don't have any experience." He's like, "Well, I was trained in college for this." He goes, "Yes, but that's not real experience. I'm talking about real experience. College is fucking useless." And it's like, "Oh, well, that sucks. Well, how am I supposed to get a job? Because you have to go and get experience, and then we'll hire you." Because, well, why, you can start here and get experience. And he goes, yes, but if we give you experience, you're going to go somewhere else and use that experience <laughs> for more money. Which is really funny because this is pretty much the same thing. You go to college, but unless you're in a co- most fields, you get a degree and you're like, well, that's you don't have any experience. I'm not going to hire you. Your degree is useless. And now you have all this debt. Well, because let's be honest, all right? College really doesn't prepare you for your job. No matter what your major is, it doesn't prepare you for your job. Because it's too, your job is usually too specific. They can teach you just the generalization of what your field is. But when you get there, that's when you learn your job. So having a college degree really doesn't help much. The only thing a college degree tells people is that you dedicated yourself long enough to regurgitate information. <laughs> and that you're semi-organized. Right. But to it's like, well, I have a degree in, you know, let's say like a teacher. You have your, you're a teacher. When you, mm-hmm. What did you really learn in college that helped you be a teacher? I will say this. My degree is in sociology, which mm-hmm. does not actually help me as a teacher. However. No. <laughs> so, all right, so you're a bad the, example. The courses I had to take to earn licensure in the state, mm-hmm. I would say three out of 11 of them really pertain to my job. <laughs> well, I think that's a little bit different because those are specific classes that yes, you need. That are but you can't take that, those yeah. li- But you can't take those licensing courses unless you have a college degree, correct? Uh, you could take them as part of the program. Mm. If if I had gone to this college in that degree program, yeah. I would have taken those, those classes. classes. Yeah. See, but that's a little different because those are specific for your job. Yes. That's like going to, when you go become an HVAC guy, you go to HVAC school. Yes. That is 100% like, you do this, you now go do that. <laughs> but there are a lot of the courses that I'm like, I mean, I guess maybe if I ever get 
one trade student that has this specific, yeah. you know? Like, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Trade schools are the exact like, opposite, but somehow in society are looked down upon. Like, like, what part of the brain causes this disability? Yeah, I remember you talking about that. I'll never not be able to look that up, and nobody will ever expect me to know it. The people will be telling me that. Right. <laughs> so Brantley's running into what a lot of young people run into when they come out of college is they're not prepared to work. They don't have the skills that they need to actually work. So uh, he goes on his final interview where a nice woman is like, look, I've been told all day long that I don't have the experience. I could be older. I could be taller. I could be anything. I have more experience. And she looks at him dead in the eyes and goes, can you be a minority female? See, if this was 2023, he could say, yes. <laughs> I will but say, this though, movie was way ahead of its time. About that. My sister's degree, she has a minor in economics and a ma- she majored in finance and she works in insurance, but mm-hmm. she still has to take a bunch of insurance courses and insurance. Because right. even if you're a finance, if you're a certification, yeah, she has to get yeah. if you're in finance, that's general finance. Mm-hmm. When you go work for a company, it's like, great, this is, gen- this is what we do. Yeah. You have to have a basis of knowledge for it. That's why we keep telling Cross to take every single cert the Navy will let <laughs> Because this because those are certs. <laughs> and certs are two mints in one. That's what I hear. Alright, so he calls his mother from a payphone. If you bite him in the dark, they spark. Okay. So he calls his mother from a payphone and talks about she lies to her, says that he's doing great. And everything's going great. And New York great. is a great place. New York is great. It's very safe. <laughs> and meanwhile, there's an armed robbery going on just outside. Meanwhile, shot at. And, and she's he's like, in the crossfire. <laughs> and she's like, have you talked to Uncle Howard? And he's like, what? And he's like, you sound very distracted. Oh, I'm, I'm watching uh, Miami Vice. It sounds realistic. Well, they just totaled a Ferrari. <laughs> <laughs> and she says, you need to call Uncle Howard. Says, I'll probably run him at the country club. And meanwhile, going all this, he looks in his pocket and finds Uncle Howard's number. Because you've been carrying it around. <laughs> so meanwhile, Brantley gets back to his apartment and has pizza because New York. But he put it on a napkin on that ugly, disgusting table. I really yeah. thought he was going to put it on the bed. And it was going to be gone because <laughs> of the rats. <laughs> pizza rat, yeah. So back in his apartment, Brantley recalls talking to his parents about coming back to Kansas. And they give him a plane ticket. And he says, no, no. When I come back to Kansas, I'm coming back on my own jet. And this I'm like, is you being ridiculous, dude. <laughs> he's motivated. This is when his mother tells him about the uncle he has in New York. And, you know, my father's brother's nephew's cousin's former roommate before he got bit by that dog and died. Mm-hmm. But that makes him kin. And kin is kin. And he's like, okay, sure. So he takes his number. The next day, Brantley goes to see his uncle because his uncle happens to be the CEO of the Pimrose Corporation. Isn't that coincidence? <laughs> dink. He wants to be in business. And his uncle is not even, not works there, is the man. Mm-hmm. So Brantley goes to see his uncle Howard, and um, first he can't get past the the secretary. He's like, "Hey, I need to see uh, my uncle uncle. What's his name? Howard. What, where's nuts his name? Prescott. Howard Prescott." And he's like, uh, well, "What do you want to see your uncle about?" He's like, "About being his nephew." He goes, "Well, I'll see if I can fit you in." And he walks over to the copy machine and copies his face <laughs> with a thing that says, "Unemployed nephew needs job." And she looks at him and goes, "Are you sure you're Mr. Prescott's nephew?" <laughs> In a roundabout way, yeah. <laughs> so the secretary goes in and says, hey, you know, your nephew's here. And he's like, I don't have a nephew named Brantley Foster. <laughs> well, he's out there. So, all right. So then Mr. Prescott will see you now. And all he's heard from out there is a yelling. lot of yelling. Yelling. Uncle Howard. yells a lot. Which when we see him, 
I don't I don't know if maybe I just don't like the way they cast this part because I'm like that's not the guy this this dude is not the guy that they made me think we were getting. Do you feel he looks <laughs> soft? Maybe. He seems, yeah, he doesn't seem angry except enough. Except for his... For all the yelling yeah. and screaming yeah. he does, he doesn't seem angry. He's very calm Yeah, he seems time. very calm and level-headed <laughs> and seems like an okay guy for the most part. Like, obviously, he's getting into it later. That's why Christy loved him. Yeah, but he seemed like an okay guy. Like, he wasn't, like, screaming at people and stuff like they led you to believe. But Howard lets him in, and he says, uh, Look, I know you told your secretary to get me out of here in five minutes. Two. I'm a level with your Uncle Howard. I need a job. What can you do for us, Brandon? What experience have you had? Well, practically none. <laughs> but don't you remember when you and my age were just starting out and you said, well, to shake your fist and say, look, I could do anything if you just give me a chance. And then the secretary walks in and he goes, all right, call down a personnel, tell them sending somebody. All right, Brantley, you got your, your feet in the door. What you do on this side of it, it's up to you. Walks out and he got him a job in the fucking mail room. Gotta, gotta start Which somewhere. is a job. So, as he's at the getting some water, he sees Christy for the first time. And he fantasizes about her, but not like in a creepy you way. <laughs> like, he sees her in a business suit. And he fantasizes about her in, like, a pink, like, evening gown. Yeah. Looking very prestigious and, and very nice. Regal. Regal, even. Nice. But, and she sure is a super girl. Super girl. Oh, I got it. <laughs> All right. So in the... <laughs> Brantley heads down to the mailroom and meets his boss. And he's like, oh, hey. You know, what do I do? And he's, he's like, uh, look, I'm going to put you with um, Melrose. Do what he does and listen to what he says and stay out of my hair. And he says, what do I call you? He says... You can call me God. So for the rest of my notes, I refer to him as God. Little G. Hmm. A when God, not the God. Yeah, when he's feeling as, you know, modest as Drax. Pretty sure he doesn't dress like that. So Brantley gets trained by Melrose, who tells him about his job and how he can, you know, they think that it takes him hours to do his job, but he gets it done in 30 minutes. So, you know, he's got one of those jobs where they really don't need him to do much. Just do this, and however long it takes you, fine, and just whatever. Which is fine. And meanwhile, Brantley's still wearing his suit. And he's walking around and he's saying hello to everybody. And Melrose is like, don't consort. You don't talk to the suits. And he's like, why not? They're a person. I'm a person. Why can't I talk to them? It's like, oh, aren't you cute? <laughs> he doesn't understand that this is, you know, it's not exactly a class society, but it's 100% a class society. <laughs> this is also one of those things. It's just busy work. Yeah. Like... These corporate jobs, nobody really knows what they do, and half of them just do busy work all day. Mm -hmm. It's real weird. Mm -hmm. It's weird to me as someone who does not have enough hours in her day to get done all of the things that she's supposed to do. Me too. Me too. And keeps having mild panic attacks, <laughs> well, you know, not going on vacation, and being actually out of town and not able to come to work. Well, the secret to my success is I'm living 25 hours a day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I told my boss today, I said, I feel like it's the end of the school year soon, and the list of things that I need to get done is increasing, and my motivation is decreasing. <laughs> so, do you work on those during the summertime? What do you mean? Like, you have school stuff. So, no. you're not working, you're not work is it I like, do you have any, no, do you have any idea what you're going to be doing next year? Do you get the prep for that beforehand? No. Not no? really. 
Damn. That I sucks. mean, most teachers do, but because I work for the people that I work for, uh-huh. they could move me to from high school to elementary and oh, to yeah. a different city. So you do all year. of this work. You're like, all right, fine. I'm prepped. I'm going to have these kind of students. I'm going to get all this stuff together. Like, oh, yeah, now you're in elementary. You're like, yeah. fuck. Actually, my mentor last year, that's why she quit. She, they had moved her because of COVID. She had moved three times in three years. And she's like, as soon as you feel like you got a good groove going with where you are, mm-hmm. with the building you're in, the staff that are there, the students you have, then they move you. And, it's rough uh, when your mentor quits. You know, it's like laying in Dagobah, and you're like, Hey, Yoda, I want to be a Jedi. Fuck a- this! <laughs> and he just leaves. Do you have a mentor, honey? You don't have a mentor, do you? No. I'm, are you, are you people's mentor. mentor? Yes. I don't have a mentor. I'm currently mentoring three people. I. Unofficially, like they have an official mentor program, but I'm not part of it. (laughs) I have three people that I'm mentoring, and I don't really have a mentor per se. I could get a mentor. I have people that I run stuff by. But I would have to ask, I would have to like ask one of the other store managers to be my mentor, Mm -hmm. because it can't be my store manager. It would have to be one of the surrounding ones, and then I would have to talk to them. Like when when it I want <laughs> when I want advice on something job related no, that I want an honest opinion on, I talk to my buddy Joe. You know him. Never met him. Mm-hmm. You've met. Oh. The first year my you mentor see his house worked from yours. at a school down the street. But that's why I go to for into my you know, hey, I'm thinking about this. What do you and think? And they got mm-hmm. off earlier than us, so advice. she would just come after work to my school. Doesn't affect him. But no matter what happens, the it doesn't affect him. The second two I've had got off at the same time as me, and we have to either meet on Zoom or I have to wait for them to have their students get on the bus mm-hmm. and then drive to my school, which is not convenient. <laughs> All right, we need to All start. Right. We've, we've developed into Anyways. actual conversation. So now, while sorting the mail, Branley starts reading it. And Melrose is like, hey, man, you're supposed to deliver it, not read it. And he's like, I can't figure out how this company works. None of this makes sense. Same. So then they go out to lunch, and he brought memos with me, like, I was supposed to get mail out of the mail yeah. room. Seriously. And he's like, I can't follow a chain of command in this company. We have all of these people doing the same job, and they all suck at it. Also, it's like his first day. <laughs> well, but you see that very, a lot with young people yes, when they I first know. start. I'm going to change this whole company. Like, He's super smart, down. too. Like, he revolutionizes he smart, everything. Yeah. But, like, when we used to train where we used to work, and yeah. people would come and be like, why don't you use these products? Uh, first of all, not my choice. Yeah. Second of all, there are costs involved in those products <laughs> that we're not paying for. Like, you, you're, you're, you haven't even been here a week. How about you settle in a little bit yeah, <laughs> and the try brakes, to learn the rules before you start trying to change everything? So Brantley goes to the library and says, hey, uh, we've been getting a lot of requests in the mailroom for um, stockholder um, you know, information and anything you can give me. And the lady there's like, I don't care. Take everything. Take everything you want. So he's like, great. And we have our first music montage. Well, second music montage, I guess. First one of him studying. Well, all that stuff is would be public record anyways, right? If it's a publicly owned company, a lot of stuff is public, but a lot of it is not because the you know the nuts and bolts of how the company works is not going to be public because, well, that's a lot of surprise. Well, I mean, and he does work for the company, so it's not like... Right. But also, he said stockholder. public record in 1987 is not the same as public record that's in The reason why this public record the way it is now is because of 1987. Well, also, you had to go there and like check out a book and right. read it. You yeah. couldn't just Google it. So there's a lot of stuff that he can learn. And being inside the company, I bet it would be easier to do. But anyway. Um, so Brantley, at one point, he spies Christy from across the building and he's just like fantasizing about her and Melrose is like no not gonna happen she's a suit 
He keeps saying she's the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. She's so beautiful. She's so... I mean, she's pretty. She's well, he also pretty. grew up on a farm in Kansas. But, like, but every so, time he walks down the street in New York City, we look at all the beautiful women he sees. One of the beautiful she's women was Cindy Crawford. the most beautiful woman you've ever seen. No. <laughs> <laughs> she may be the be- most beautiful woman you've ever spoken to. Or <laughs> she's the most beautiful woman he's going to be in proximity of. Yes. Maybe she's got very flavored nipples. You know. I feel like every time he looked at her, we should hear Dreamweaver. <laughs> But it's just like... He Nicky's just, falling out of his chair. <laughs> Ow. <laughs> but, so, basically all he wants is, is like, I, I'd like I'd like to have sex with your face. That's really all he's got going on right now. Because he doesn't know anything about her. It's the boxy yeah. shirts and the giant It's glasses. the shoulder pads, man. Shoulder pads make chicks look good. Everybody knows this. <laughs> what I want you to do is go get you a jacket, right? It makes it look like you're wearing shoulder pads for a football game. Her clothes are <laughs> hanging on her like she's a hanger. Yes, <laughs> boxy. <laughs> Alright, so meanwhile, down back in the mailroom, God gets a call from the motor pool who says, hey, we need someone to drive an executive white. He says, excuse me, we are a messenger service. We are not the motor pool. Well, I don't care that you don't have anybody. Well, that's not my problem. But he loses and he gets said, hey, an executive wife wants to he's not really home. God. No. Oh. <laughs> For Brantley, he's he God. He runs the mailroom. Yeah. <laughs> He's and this may be the glue that's holding the company together, but that doesn't mean he gets any recognition or clout. No. <laughs> so No, the glue never gets any recognition. <laughs> the glue gets pizza parties. <laughs> that's what the glue gets. Oh, shit. Were you supposed to have I, a pizza party? No. We, a pair, I had pizza for lunch. There was popcorn, the kettle corn that they always get us every year during Teacher Appreciation Week, and I left it at work. I meant to bring it home for you. That's fine. I don't like it. <laughs> you eat it every year. What? <laughs> Oh. All right. So anyway, he's like, "Well, if you put food next to me, I'm gonna eat it." It doesn't I mean, mean I that's like true. It. That's, that's true. true. So God tells Brantley, "Hey, executive wife needs you to take her home. Go get a car, check it out, and take her home." Um, where is that? Just follow the smell of money. And he's like, "Great." He's never driven. Any, I mean, he's only been in New York City for like a week. And, and he's probably not the not place you want to learn to drive. I mean, he yeah. drove in Kansas, I'm assuming. I mean, but probably not your He doesn't know how to, to get anywhere. Yeah. He's just going to get lost. I mean, luckily he grew up on a farm, so we assume he's driven a tractor, so he knows how to drive a large vehicle, because driving a limo is not the same as driving a sedan. No. <laughs> Heck, driving Tony's car after driving my car is not the same. John's car after driving my car is not the same. <laughs> but anyway, so he gets a car and he picks up an executive and an executive's wife. wife. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's Vera. And he tries to do some small talk and she's just in a bad mood. Yeah, she is. Um, and he's like, excuse me, ma'am, I noticed that you have to, you mentioned that you're a little upset. It's like, well, my car broke down. I have, I broke my nail. There's a run in my hose and my husband is screwing someone from the office. What do you have in mind? Stick of gum? <laughs> <laughs> she laughs at that. Um, put the key in, drive, put it in drive, and, and, and go. So they start driving. Vera is upset, and uh, Bradley compliments Brantley. Not Bradley. Brantley compliments her, which turns her on. She's like, Okay. Mm-hmm. We got to talk about this. Oh, <laughs> All right, so we get the sex. She goes scene. from pissed off to real horny very Which fast. is fine. <laughs> Which she's thirsty. It's fine. I actually she's find hurting it, for a squirting. I find it very funny, but... She's feeding so during this scene, we get the bout chicka bow wow music. No, it's right? oh yeah. Yes. <laughs> beautiful. And these are the things More she's beautiful. doing though. Bow. First of all, she 
puts on more lipstick. Is this sexy? <laughs> I don't think it's sexy. It's sure sexy when he plays with locks. And, and then, then the, yeah. she takes her shoes, shoes off, off and we just look at her And we just, see, yeah, <laughs> we just see her like rubbing her feet together or her foot up and down her is that sexy? Because it doesn't Hello. seem sexy. It was in the 80s. This, this is, is when no, Best no. We Have was accidental taint. This is the 80s. And this is what's supposed to be. Like, we don't, we don't even see, like, her hitching her skirt up her thigh or her unbuttoning her blouse. We see her put perfume on her calf. Yeah. Yeah. Is that sexy? What is sexy is this about this? Is she does the ice cube thing, too? No, it's not an ice cube. Okay. It's a perfume. It's a perfume. Oh, she takes the top of the perfume like, and dabs some on her wrist. Ice? Why would she rub ice on her wrists? Because I mean, she's really hot. She's trying to be sexy. <laughs> is, that, is this sexy? And like, I, I'm not, I don't know if any of parents. it is. That's the whole point. <laughs> this is the thing. Like, we're the supposed to. Success. Are we supposed to find this sexy, or are we supposed to be concerned? Because he doesn't seem like he's into it he's no, trying to raise the visor and lock and unlock the doors he slinks down in his so he's finding this it's scary. very there's a lot of him uncomfortable there's a lot yeah. of sexual this innuendo sexual harassment <laughs> but there's also a this was the 80s and there's a woman doing it to a man never gonna go anywhere but there's That's also a but the antenna goes up <laughs> there's the locks going in and out and then there's the spray of the windshield washer fluid I, Lots saying, of sexual innuendo that I didn't I get when I, I first watched this, but I was this? like seven. <laughs> I think there's a certain amount of, I don't know that he doesn't want to have sex with her so much as he's scared they'll get in trouble. Mm-hmm. You know? Yes, but my question is, is this scene sexy? <laughs> no, it's just a bunch of innuendo. Right. Moving on. So, we get back to what I'm assuming is Long Island because there's no houses like that in the city proper. <laughs> Maybe New Jersey, but this is like a rich family. They, are, they said where they were going, but I don't remember. I didn't catch I it, but I'm assuming this is Long Island because that's where the rich assholes mm-hmm. live. Anyway. They don't live north of the city? No. What's north of the city? Poughkeepsie. Okay. Yeah, the fuck you want to go there for? Break up with uptown. Break up with downtown. Uptown girls? No, from Friends, where he's dating the mm-hmm. the downtown and the uptown girl. But then he gets. Well, she's the been living in her uptown world. To go to Poughkeepsie. I bet she's never had a backstreet guy. And he ends guy. up in. Canada. I bet her mama never told her why. I'm gonna try for an uptown girl. <laughs> for the longest time. Hey, look, we didn't start the fire. <laughs> it's always been burning since the world's been turning. Mm-hmm. That's why we're keeping the faith. Anyway, so. Um, he helps her inside the house and she offers him a drink and he's like, well, I really got to get back. And she's like, oh, don't worry about that. And she calls and says, um, transportation, please. Um, yes, the, uh, the boy who drove me home, make sure he gets full time in his car. He's going to stay behind and do some work in my garden. I'm like, oh, hello. She wants to show him her bush. 80s bush. <laughs> yeah. Who knows what the '80s bush situation? I mean, we know what '70s bush is. But what do you think the '80s? Bush it was somewhere between was? '70s and '90s bush. Yeah. So anyway, so she hates the country. She hates all these trees. They suck up all the oxygen. He's like, actually, trees produce oxygen. What are you, Mister Wizard? <laughs> said, what's your name? He says, Brantley. She goes, your first name. And he says, that's it, and throws the drink out. <laughs> she keeps feeding. She's like, cool. Have another. <laughs> Um, and she says, you want to have some, some advice? Never be a corporate wife. And he's like, I'll be on the lookout. And then she hits him with, you see these, that course 
uh, that that court out there. I I ran the from miles, yes, from miles chasing a little yellow little yellow ball. See the pool? I've swam laps from here to the moon in that pool. Do you see anything on this body that's not firm? He's like, nope. <laughs> and then she goes through this whole thing that she does to stay in shape. Anything and everything to stay in shape. Not that he'd notice. Do you know why I do that? And he's like, nope. She goes, come on, let's go for a dip in the pool. But she wants to bone down. And he, like a fool, he gets in the pool. <laughs> it's a rhyme. She does that sometimes. <laughs> well, she better show it before she blow it. Mm-hmm. Which, because... It's your turn. I got nothing. I mean, as we have learned, long established. But she's getting a stuffing. It's been long established on this podcast that uh, if they're into it, it's okay. And as much as he's uncomfortable, he also is into into it. it. So he goes to the pool, which which he gets swim chunks. They have a big ass pool house. Mm -hmm. They probably have stuff for visitors who don't have a swimsuit. Mm -hmm. So I'm good with that. Um. So as soon as they get into the pool, she takes off his shorts. And he says, just when I thought I was safe to get back in the water. Which I assume is playing, Tony's favorite. And they're playing the Jaws theme. Which, and he also has this weird bodysuit on mm-hmm. under his yeah. shorts so you can't see his Yeah, it's called a fleshy or a, stuff. Yeah, so so you don't see his Michael yeah, J. Yeah, but it was um, just so funny because they Michael pulled it off J. and I was Cox. like, I, am I going to see Back to the Future's weenus? But no, they have some kind of weird <laughs> suit. Thing, yeah. like, okay. So, so, you so he looks like a Ken doll. That doesn't yeah. make it better. <laughs> <laughs> And, it, <laughs> and it's very obvious that he's wearing that it. That doesn't make it better. Well, you can, all you have to do is all you have to do is edit it so we don't see it. Like just have her in the way, and she pulls it down. Like you don't have to show his crotch. So you're like, oh no, oh no, Peter, Peter, what, what is that? <laughs> is that a mannequin? <laughs> you go back. And go. Is he anatomically correct? Wait a minute. No, I was like, what am I looking at? You're not supposed to look. Well, you just cut that, edit it so I don't have to. So anyway, they go to the pool house and they bone. Well, then she takes off her top, and we do see a flash of boobies. Yeah. What well, was the 80s? It was required by law. And that, by 1988, if you didn't have boobs in your movie, they didn't put it out. That's mm. why I'm like, the limo stuff was that sexy, because here we get boobs. I feel like the limo should have been more sexy. Mm-hmm. Or actually sexy, as opposed to whatever that was. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, they're in the pool house. Vera says, I'm going to make sure my husband gives you a leg up. And he's like, I think we're doing pretty good ourselves. Just, I mean, Pemrose. And she's like, no. I'm going to make it to the top and do it on my own. She's like, oh, you're adorable. <laughs> um, and then she's like, you know, hey, everything's fine. And he says, hey, can I tell you something personal? And she says, yeah, anything but the thighs. And he goes, no, someone sold you a bill of goods. You'll be 21 your whole life. And then she goes on and on to compliment her. And he's like, say that again. He's like, which part? All of it. Yes, he's very he's very complimentary and nicer because she's well, a she beautiful is, woman. Yeah. She's Vera got it going on. He's a small time farm boy. He's just how polite. old is and how old is Auntie Vera? He's just a small town boy. Thirty. Living in. <laughs> no, Vera's 30? got yeah, probably no. You got to think Vera's in her forties because if her husband's the like, CEO of the company, I looked it up. She was like twelve years. The actress was like twelve years older than him. So. Yeah, and he was. So she was in her thirties, but she's late thirties. Late, late but, yeah. but you got well. This is before she owned the Cleveland Indians. Yeah. But he's pro- She got him into Prim- Primrose. And she's his second wife. His first wife died, remember? So he's probably older than her. Before he got bit by that dog. He's got to be 45, but that doesn't make her 45. Whatever. Mm-hmm. But she could be like 35, and they could have been married when he really was 25. really focused on this age thing. Well, but, so, but then that makes her late 30s, which is what he said. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but she's not very old. Right, and just then, her husband comes home, and he's like, oh, great. He's like, what? He's like, it's the jerk. And he's like, oh, no. Oh, shit. And he yeah. starts getting his clothes. And you hear, Vera, why is the company car in here? Oh, it broke down, honey. 
the driver had to take the train back to he's like no he's not darling he's in here having trouble with his fly and she's trying to get at his dick she's like do you ever stop and then he looks at the thing and goes that's your husband yeah that's my husband that's my uncle and she goes auntie vera and starts laughing and he's like oh i've disgraced my whole family she goes oh the hell you did nice it's like, how am I ever going to get back? She says, people have to keep you here and adopt you. <laughs> Which is so funny. Because she immediately is like, oh, this is funny. Because, honestly, they're barely related, if no, She's all. not related no. to him in any way, no. shape, or form. So there's nothing, there's no incest here. It's hilarious. Yeah. I mean, technically, he's not related to Howard at all. Not one, A like, yes, they're both related to Genghis Khan. <laughs> They say it's Charlemagne. Litchfield. It's in Connecticut. <laughs> they drove from New York City to Connecticut. Yes. Mm-hmm. I always assumed it was Long Island. <laughs> so I'm from there. <laughs> <laughs> so that it just made sense to me. Because if you're gonna drive, you're not driving from Connecticut to New York City every goddamn day. No. Well, she says it's the third weekend in a row he has refused to come out to the country. So I think they live in the city. Commutes. And they have they this probably house. Have, like, like a house in the Hamptons. They, they probably have, have money where they have houses, yeah. Yeah. So Brantley panics and runs out the door. Howard finds Vera and she takes off her shirt. What are you doing here? Feeling romantic? Oh, great. What's for dinner? Oh, Howard. We really <laughs> had a super girl back onto her feet. <laughs> Meanwhile, Brantley gets chased by a Doberman. The next day, Brantley's... Where wa- was this dog the whole time? He's yeah. been here. <laughs> on the grounds. Uncle Howard let him out. <laughs> so the next day, Brantley tells Melrose about the, you know, there's a 200-pound dog that tried to eat me. And that dog wasn't 200 pounds. No. Like, and he says, and that was the best thing that happened to you last night. 200-pound Dobermans. <laughs> and he's like, well, what's the worst thing? Got laid. He's like, I don't know if you got your priorities straight. <laughs> <laughs> so on the way in, they see Christy again. And he's... Oh. <laughs> 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 Gotta be beer-flavored nipples. Whenever someone's truly obsessed with a girl now, I ask, does she have beer-flavored nipples? Thank you, Heath Ledger. Friends, if you're not sure what that reference is, go back and listen to our episode on 10 Things I Hate About You. After you listen to Harley Davidson on Tomorrow, <laughs> man. So, while making his round, Brantley goes into the office of a guy who got fired the first day he was there. And he sits at the desks and wonders what it's like to be an executive. He's looking out at the view of New York City. He puts his feet up on the desk, and yes, you can see burn marks on his sneakers. Why is that, Elaine? Because Michael J. Fox was a super heavy smoker at the time and used to put his cigarettes out with his shoes. Oh, and it was the 80s, so everybody smoked. And those were his actual shoes? <laughs> Question we, mark? He was probably in character, smoking and putting... On set, <laughs> well, smoking yeah. on set when he's... Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of standing around from what I understand. Let's talk about, this is one of those things that comes up every once in a while... How dirty his shoes are, <laughs> which they would never allow in any movie ever today. No, I totally Even the homeless people have clean I shoes. I said, if this was nowadays, not only would they have a, it would be a, a, wall like of a name, yeah. it would be a name of a brand, and they would be positioned to where you could see the pristine white sneakers that he's wearing, yeah. that say Adidas or Nike or whatever. So just as he's sitting there, the phone rings, and he answers it. Um, and we cut to, on the roof, we have the executives with Uncle Howard running around, wondering why the stock price is going down. Uh, we cut back to Branley, who's hearing about these issues in the, in the Midwest region of distribution. And they're having problems with distribution of product. 
So Brantley hears him out and finds out exactly what's going on. He cut back to Uncle Howard, who tells the executives he fears that there's a corporate takeover. And we need to start cutting. We need cash for our defense. So much like most idiots who work in a company, their idea is to cut everything back to make sure they have loaded salaries for their executives. Mm -hmm. And somehow this will help the company. This has worked a grand total of zero times. We're going to lay off a bunch of people that make the company work. <laughs> so that we can all keep our jobs. Right. Meanwhile, they Instead get Instead of the comp- laying off the people right. that are redundant. With the bloated salaries that are all running around on the roof with Uncle Howard. To be fair, this is the eighties. Right. <laughs> we should know better also, by it's now. It's hilarious <laughs> them jogging on the roof. Yeah. There's the a way. lot of working out in this uh, company. It was the eighties. It's just like. But it. Because there was two things that happened in the eighties. Exercise and cocaine. Yeah. They're big in exercising, but not very many of them are smoking. (laughs) Yeah, which is, and they made this in the 80s. You think everybody was smoking. It's kind of (laughs) weird. Yeah. Like, you've very little smoking. Like, Vera smokes. That's about it. That's it? (laughs) Like, this is the, that office would be covered in smoke. (laughs) Anyway, so, um, cut back to Brantley, who's like, hey, look. You tell those distribution guys that if they're not going to take care of us, then we'll find someone who will. And the guy's like, well, where to go? And he's like, yeah, I'm good. And he's all excited about telling someone to do their fucking job. Like, he just made a big fix. Well, he made a big decision that he shouldn't have the ability to do. And, yeah, also, he may have just... the fact that he made a decision is what impressed this guy. Yeah. Because this is a big company where nothing happens. Because there's too many executives. Yeah. Um... So he decides to fake being an executive now, and he suits up the next day and is walking around. And as he's walking around with the executives, he's Uncle Howard and, and ducks down and hides. And he <laughs> runs into the first office he sees that happens to be Christie's. And he's looking out the windows, and she looks at him and goes, can I help you? He goes, oh, I'm sorry. I thought this was the men's room. And she's like, oh, no, I had them take out the urinals last week. I didn't like them. And then immediately apologizes because she's semi-decent. It says, I'm the only female executive here and I get a little uptight about the men's room. It's like, why would you? Which means the women's room is all yours. Yeah. They obviously have women's room because they have female secretaries. And even if they didn't, they would at least have one woman's room for her. I mean, that would be her personal crapper. (laughs) Good for her. (laughs) What? Her personal crapper? (laughs) (laughs) From Tony. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you never heard of that. Oh, no, I was just thinking of Ellen Slater having a personal crap. <laughs> yep, that was me. I don't think she yeah. calls it the personal crapper, though. Mm. I had a friend in high school. He idolized this chick, thought she was the best thing ever. I was like, let me bring you down a notch. Imagine that girl taking a shit. <clears throat> See, she's human. And that worked. Helped. Is that a true story? That's a true story. That up? Is that a bit? That sounds like Nope, a that's a true story. Ask I think him. that's a bit. I want you. All right. His name is Glenn. I'm Facebook friends with him. Ask him about it. I'm not. <laughs> no, no, this is going to be unsolicited. It's not a bit. It's a real I'm, thing. I'm not asking a stranger on by the, the way, internet about the crapper. And by the way, Glenn's sister, super hot. But still, just a person. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently she poops. So. Yeah, there's a very informative book that tells you everybody poops. <laughs> All right, so anyway. Which is um, true. Not everybody poops. So then he, tr- he tries to chat up Christy, who's like, I'm busy. He's like, yep, I'm busy too. And he Sometimes when you die, you poop. Sometimes you die before you poop. Yeah. Can we stop talking? Sometimes <laughs> you die because you can't poop. Mm. Impacted bowels is rough. Can we talk about Christy for a minute? <laughs> people have philosophy bags, so they can't poop. Well, they still poop. They just they don't, don't use they a rectum. They don't poop. 
They produce, do. They produce waste. <laughs> Rectum. Pooping damn is the act of pushing the feces out of your butthole. <laughs> is what we know as pooping. <laughs> Alright, so he goes to his empty office and calls the steno pool for a secretary. He says he's been here a week. And he's got his personal stationery. He's got a geranium on the wind, on, in his window. But he doesn't have his secretary. He has a new name now. Carlton Whitfield. It's <laughs> a good name. Brantley, let me talk to you about names for a minute. You have any name you want. First of all, he's Brantley. So. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. But you went with Carlton Whitfield. I have only ever heard of two people named Carlton. One of them is a fictional character. The other is a real human being. Both of them are black men. <laughs> one of them dances really well, and the other one's a stylish motherfucker. Do you think they... Do you think one of the reasons that they named the character on the Fresh Prince Carlton is this movie? No. Mm. All right. So he changes his clothes... Ooh, is Carl Winslow's real name Carlton? Yes. Um, so yeah. it, I, I, I can't You back don't up. know. Just, you can't back <laughs> <that> up. <laughs> I immediately fessed up to it, but it's own it. Like, act as if. Carlton's a good name. More people should be named Carlton. But I've only ever seen one person in real life named Carlton. He was a snazzy dresser. Smooth. I called him smooth because he was a smooth motherfucker. I know. He was a very snazzy dresser. I talked to him the other day, as a matter of fact. Yeah, how's he doing? He's good. He's coming to town at the end of the month. We're going to have lunch. Okay. <laughs> Are you going to see who dresses better? It's not a competition. I keep telling people viewers, it's not a competition between me and him. It's a participation. <laughs> we love that each other dress nice. I know. It's not a competition. We just enjoy it. I know We you have do. a lot of fun together. <laughs> all right. So he changes his clothes and delivers memos all over for his secretary, his personal stationery. And they're like, well, who's it for? He's like, I don't know. The name's on the memo. Some real big cheese up in 2319. Oh. But he doesn't ever say, it's me. Why would he say it's him? So he gets all these things. <laughs> why? Why? He would he gets, never say he gets that. Office He's... supplies. He gets a name mm-hmm. thing for his door. Name tag, yeah. He gets a uh, personal secretary. Everything. And he's been reading all the memos, so he knows how this stuff works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So back in his office, he's changing, and he's in his shorts when Gene comes in. Hi, I'm Gene. I'm your secretary. Hi, Gene. It was hot. It was warm. <laughs> I'm your Much now. cooler now. He's like, why don't you have genitalia? <laughs> Because at night I turn back into a mannequin. <laughs> and then Hollywood is there. If, man- if she had babies, if what's her name and mannequin had babies, would she they be real babies. babies or would they be mannequins? Well, she's a real person. She can't have they babies until she fully turns human. Anyway, so he gets dressed and gives notes to Gene and then hits the floor. He says, I'll be right back. He can sort now. So he says, good morning, everybody. And everybody says, good morning. My favorite part of this little scene here is when he walks by the one girl, doesn't say good morning, and pops back just ahead and goes, morning. He does that more than once. Hi. Very Ferris Bueller. It's on the secretaries more than once. But you would think that he already would know these secretaries because he's been delivering memos and mail to them. Yes, he has. They would 100% recognize him. The executives would not recognize him. Remember that review where they said, don't worry about the plot holes and little things like that? Yeah, we let that shit go because when you're we in We never let a plot hole go. No, when you were the We explore it. When we you put our head in that the, hole. When, when it, let me let me just No. Let me Never. No. <laughs> I do that all the time to my students without the noise. When I want them to stop talking, I'm like <laughs> I have to talk. It's my podcast. The implication here is that when you are the male person, no one looks at you no because you're considered a yeah. lowly person that no one talks to. You're less than. When you're an executive, everybody pays attention to you. Yes, but we've seen him Which talk to the secretaries. Which is why I talk to all the janitors. All the I always do because people always don't talk to them. I'm always stopping. Hey, how you doing? There's a very nice old lady. I talk to her every morning. I Say, hey, how you doing? How's the kids? 
I don't talk to anybody because I hate everyone. But same. You shouldn't uh, be hitting on secretaries when you're trying to lead this double life. No, <laughs> no you, should, you have too much shit. You going should on. be too trying to fly to under their radar. Yes. And make it so they and don't, don't want to be memorable. He always has time for a stop off in town. I mean, because it makes sense that the executives would not, would never have noticed him. But the secretaries would, and I don't actually think there's a ton of plot holes in this movie. But I think that this is a weirdness because he does talk to everyone. Like when he went down to the thing to, to talk to the woman about the nameplate and this and the stuff. Like, he talks to her, he engages her. She would recognize this dude from the mailroom. Oh, yeah, you know he what else? In that scene, secretary. he says, you're doing great, smile. And she smiles and walks away. And I asked Elaine about that. Carly, what do you think? If someone was to tell you, smile. Is it rude when men would, tell would it be smile? rude? has become yeah. a very negative thing. What, what makes that rude? Like, I tell, if I was to tell a dude, all right, man, you should probably smile. Smile, it's not that bad. Is that different than my saying, Carly, you're not having a bad day, just smile, you feel good. It's different because women forever have been told that, and it is much more rare for men to tell men to smile. Tony, but, smile. But <laughs> men have been telling women to smile all the time forever. This is, but again, <laughs> again, this is the 80s. Mm-hmm. So. Also, I mean, at least he didn't grab her in the ass. Many, it was the 80s. This is the question. <laughs> how many times when I have a non-expression on my face? Is it just my face? Resting bitch face? Do you ask me why I'm upset? Because you know, I'm not no, upset. No, there's a difference. I have no See, expression. I'm not a random person who happens to run into you. I know all of your faces. <laughs> I know your faces me. better than you do because you don't see the faces that I see. I know your faces better than you do. <laughs> and when I say, what's the matter? Nothing. Yeah, we all know that's bullshit. Yes, but I often have a non-expression on my face and you ask me what's wrong. When there's nothing wrong until you ask me what's wrong. Because then it's irritating because I had a non-expression. It's generally okay for men to have a non-expression. But it's not okay for women. And men say things to me at work. Like, (laughs) oh, you should smile. I don't want to smile. I want to have a non-expression. I don't have to fake happiness to make you more comfortable. That's what telling a woman to smile is. Mm -hmm. That you would be happier if I was fake, if I was happy in your presence. Well, maybe I just really want you to be happy. (coughs) Legitimately, I'd like you to be happy. So maybe saying, we are hey. perfectly happy, but that doesn't mean you have to walk around all day like this. <laughs> it's creepy. <laughs> well, that wasn't happy. <laughs> like, if she looks at you like that, and I do come over smile here. <laughs> a lot. Run. It makes I me want to do that. Most you often smiling because I, I you, have so much. You are the most but, down but depressing that person I've ever met. That people haven't told me to smile in the one. Eighth of the day like, where I'm not already doing it. I find it hard to believe that anybody would ever tell Carly that she needs to smile more. It's happened though. It but they do it all really? the time. Like, you'll Carly, smile more, laugh less. <laughs> you'll can't like, win. I'll be this doing something that takes concentration, that <laughs> and someone will interrupt me to tell me to smile. You should smile. What? I'm like, I didn't even know you were there. What? Is <laughs> Makes me want to do that movie, Smile. Have you seen it? No. No. You makes you want to, I want to listen no. to that song by no. Shanice, I Love Your Smile. It's a horror movie, but it's did a it, did, makes did, you did, smile. So. Did it, did. Like the Joker? Yeah, so people, I feel like people I saw, in the movie are just like... I feel like I saw a preview for that. The cool anyway, thing about it was... What was that? I'm trying to get your attention. <laughs> the, cool thing about, <laughs> the cool thing about it was... They were, that means it's time for the podcast. They were making people uh, do that. Like, you'd have to look at them. Instagram post, mm-hmm. but they were making like at baseball games and stuff to advertise the movie. They were making people do it, like photobomb mm-hmm. people. So they were like talking to the commissioner, and everybody in the back was going like this and stuff, and it was like all creepy. 
And they were doing it all over that the place. That sounds horrifying. It was pretty cool. I would do that. Yeah. Anyway. We'll do it on podcast. So. <laughs> After we're done pooping. I was at work. And me. And I'm not bu- pooping on the podcast. Me, me and this guy were at work and we were walking around and there was people doing wedding photos. Mm-hmm. So we were like, oh, we got to do it. So we're in the back of their <laughs> wedding photos smiling. <laughs> so mean. Look, they were there taking pictures. We came and did it real quick. Like, ah. And then ran away just so we only had the one picture. They they're fine. I'm sure they're fine. I don't really care. Sure but we Fuck out of exactly. We knew because the, <laughs> they were there. We went and did some business. Came out. They were still taking pictures. We're like, oh my god, fuck with them. And we used to do that with people. We're pretty the sure the photographer saw us and didn't say shit because <laughs> he could it's see us. One. We weren't that far away. <laughs> anyway. So if either one of us ever becomes famous, they'd be like, I know that guy. He photobombed my wedding. <laughs> <laughs> you should smile at us. <laughs> should smile at us. <laughs> All right, so. <laughs> what do you do with your eyes now? That hurts your face, doesn't it? All right, so Brantley hits the executive lounge and finds Don't Christy. <laughs> finds Christy. He's ta- he tries talking to her, but she blows him off again. <laughs> and he's persistent. And yeah, <laughs> and he keeps trying to talk to Christy, and she's giving him fuck off the entire time. And he's like, "I'm just trying to be nice." And he's like, "She's like, okay, I'm sorry. I'm trying to. I was waiting on these numbers from Ron, and Ron didn't have them." Just then, Art walks in, who's like the president, just under the CEO. Mm-hmm. This is bad news. He might be the coup. The cougar? No, the COO. No, he's he's definitely the, the, coup. the chief operations. I know officer. what it is. Thank you. I was being an asshole, which is not, which is not as cool as a CFO. So they go to the meeting and um, the arts like, wait a minute, who the hell are you? And he's like, Carlton Whitfield, your new employee. Because I didn't get a memo about that. Oh, you will. Memo extraordinaire right here. Um, so we sit down and like, um, bad news. We have a, we are in the middle of a corporate raid. So this new guy comes in. You're talking private corporate strategy for a guy you don't know. Mm-hmm. I can see why this company's going going bad. So their orders are to cut. Cut, cut, cut. And Christie's the first one to pipe up and says, let's kill Toledo. And Carlton doesn't think, sorry, let me explain this. So when he's being Carlton Whitfield, I call him Carlton. When he's being Brantley, I call him Brantley. Sometimes when thanks, Brantley and Carlton go back and that. forth. So you know. <laughs> And I, I've done my best to keep that straight. So if I mess up and say Brantley was talking to Christy, it might have been Carlton. Hmm. I probably would just call him Michael J. Fox the whole time. <laughs> I would have just called him Brantley the whole time. No, no. He's, he's playing Carlton now. And you really shouldn't say Carlton. You should say Whitfield because nobody calls him Carlton. They only call him Whitfield. That's true. They do. Christy does. Yes, but that's because they're fucking. <laughs> also true. But I also like the names Carlton and Brantley better than Foster and Whitfield. Nobody likes Brantley better. You're lucky. I was going to name our son that. No, you weren't. I wasn't. She's like, I was there. It was, <laughs> was never. There was a better chance of our son being named Irfwain than there was of our son being named Brantley. Irfwain? Yes. That was one of those. That's a running joke in my family. Uh, I hope. It's, it's Irving. It's, it's just Irving. And there's nothing more unnerving than to wake up next to Irving in the morning. <laughs> Nothing will be finer than the shagab with a minor with the helmet. You know, like a minor. Not a minor. A minor. Like a, with the helmet and the pick. Okay. You got you to cla- clarify that nowadays. <laughs> All right. Anyway. So, um. 
Carl doesn't think it's a good idea to shut down these companies, this, this Toledo, and he's like, that's a bad idea. And he's it like, David, basically stop our goods from being able to yeah, change. We like, would shut down our main distribution hub in the Midwest. He's like, Davidson wrote a memo on this. God damn it. And he's pointing at the guy. He's like, I'm not Davidson. That's Davidson. He's like, well, shit, Davidson, tell him. He's like, well, how did you know I wrote that memo? How did I know that you wrote that memo? If I'm in the fucking room, I'm worried that this guy who's new knows way too goddamn much. Yeah. Yeah. Corporate spy, I'm thinking. Yeah. And he's like, how did I know you wrote that memo? That memo wasn't just a memo. That memo was art. That memo was literature. Who else could write that memo, Davidson? And that was enough to sell everybody. He could have just said, I heard them talking about the water But cooler. Davidson never explains the memo either. No. And Art says, we're getting nowhere. The order is to cut. It's like, all right, dickhead. So back in the mailroom, God is looking for Brantley. Um, and we go back, and we cut back to Brantley's house. Now, this scene here never made any sense to me. Brantley <laughs> comes in, gets a beer, and here his neighbor's boning. Uh-huh. And grabs a stick and yeah. conducts them having sex. And opens his beer during the climax. Apparently, and spills it all over his bed. Such a common occurrence that he can tell exactly how much is left, and it's become music to him. I don't know. It's weird. It doesn't really go with the rest of the movie. No, I don't know. It's, no. it's weird. weird, and he spills beer all over his bed. I mean, I guess we're still establishing that he lives in a shitty apartment. But here's the thing: I was thinking about this. He lives in a shitty apartment in New York City on a mailroom because even when he's an executive, he's not getting paid. He's getting paid as a mailroom guy. Yeah, that's true. That dude might be his roommate. (laughs) They (laughs) shut that door. (laughs) And that's why it was so full of shit when he got there because he's not, he doesn't have his own apartment in New York City on the mailroom dude's salary. (laughs) He might. It's like that guy we see on Facebook or whatever who walks around New York. You, you have an apartment here? Yeah. Can I come see it? And then they take them in there and like some of them are rich and have amazing apartments and some of them are like, yeah, it's like smaller than this room. <laughs> There's the kitchen. There's my bed. But I'm like, okay. that, that's not a wall either. That's a door. I think that dude's his roommate. Yeah. <laughs> so then he goes to sleep, but he hears a knock on the door. He's awoken and it's Aunt Vera. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I heard you crying out to me. Psychically. Um, what? Mental telepathy is very reliable. I would have used a phone. No, this is better. So she comes in and she wants to, you know. She wants to come in. And I'm like, this is weird. He's half asleep. <laughs> He's like. First of all, look at this lady. She's not going into this rat infested no. place. Oh, there's and no sex. way she's having no. sex in his apartment. No, no, no. She's picking him she's up. She's picking they're, him up. They're and going to a hotel. <laughs> they're they're going to fuck in the limo yeah. or they're going to a hotel. fucking driver walks up. Mrs. Such and Such is waiting for you in the car. Yeah. Hurry yeah, up. Yeah, she's not even getting out of the car yeah. and going There's into no this There's no way building. she's going in there. There's a cra- <laughs> she had to step over a crack whore in that stairwell. Yeah, right. <laughs> but she bones. They bone down. Um, and we cut to Howard and Christy. And he wants to bone. Christy tells him that, hey, he's married. And he's like, I'm not really married. We have an understanding. And she's like, cool, let's bone. I think they do have an understanding. The no. Under- there's not an understanding because he's very she's very upset that he's fucking someone at the office. I think they do have an understanding, not the kind of understanding that he's implying, but more of uh, she understands don't ask, don't tell. that he's going to cheat. I don't care if you cheat on me cuz I'm going to cheat on you, but neither one of them are seem interested in getting divorced at this, at this point. point. Well, he can't get divorced because her father owns the company. Yeah. We don't know that yet though. But 
Okay, uh, we one, just know that I'm it would be sure too expensive for him to get dead. a divorce. So, like, we don't see her father, so right. he must be dead. Or her father would have come to that well, meeting. Her father would have been the his job. So well, I think the father died now. Or head of the board, maybe. Yeah, or something. But the father never shows up, so I'll agree that the father's dead. So, which is but, how he got the job. Yes. But we'll cover. We're going to circle back to that later because it comes up. <laughs> so we cut the Vera freshening up after a fresh bone down session. Mm-hmm. There's no way to freshen up at this apartment, by the way. No, no. <laughs> She's I'm trying to wipe off the rat. They would shit. have left. <laughs> and we cut back to Christy, who tells Howard about Carlton's ideas. Now, the next morning, Brantley goes to work with a briefcase, and he punches in, and Melrose is like, what's with the briefcase? Like, oh, I ran out of brown paper bags. It's my lunch. Sure. So then he checks in, punches in, and then, you know, my, my goal in life is to always have a job that I didn't have to punch in. I don't know why. Oh, I punch you. I don't I mean, to. I don't punch in. I, I log anymore. into a computer, and I clock in. Well, that's, you know, <laughs> that's punching in. Like, if this was then, you'd be hitting the thing. I tell you what, the transition from hourly to salary is not all it's cracked up to be, people. <laughs> I don't know I why don't know. I have to punch in. I'm salary. They don't pay me extra for going over my contract hours. It doesn't matter how far over. <laughs> mm. I don't but know. they <laughs> sure do. One time, my boss let us leave early, and the lady yeah. in the office asked me what kind of leave mm. I wanted to use for the 10 minutes that I was under my contract time. I said, I worked two hours over my contract time yesterday. How about you use that? <laughs> so Brantley grabs his stuff, it's, but he gets his little mail cart, mm-hmm. and heads up. So he immediately... Um, suits up in the elevator. He hits the stop button and changes in the elevator, and they speed it up. Yeah. So it looks like he's getting changes really fast. And he gets there, he goes, oh, that was scary. Oh, that was scary. I'm all right. I'm fine. He runs, finds Jean, gives her a bunch of tasks to do, and then hits it again. And he gets into the elevator, hits the alarm button, but this time the elevator starts moving. And so <laughs> the elevator opens, and we find Jean, and he's wearing his shorts again, but now he's just wearing nothing but his shorts and the tie. So he flexes, starts flexing. <laughs> he starts flexing. And he says, hi, Jean. And he throws his pants at her. Take those to the cleaners and then starts flexing again. <laughs> to this, every time that's on, I laugh. I don't know why. It's very weird. Not if I'm ever somewhere and I'm changing and someone bursts in, I'm doing that. Like, <laughs> if you ever just burst in a room, not you. <laughs> Everybody else. What's up, Tony? I thought you were thinking I'm going to burst into the room every time I know he's changing. <laughs> no, not you. Everybody else. You know who would do that immediately? Your son. No, he was already flexing when you opened it. <laughs> My son has never met a mirror recently. He doesn't want to look at and flex, which is disturbing to me because I don't think I do that, but I know my father did when he was in his, like, 20s well, or 30s. When you're 20, yeah. Like, he would never walk past the mirror. He didn't stop to say hi to that guy. <laughs> oh, I look in every mirror. Was, we would be in the store, and he would hit every goddamn mirror. And now I'm at the store with my son, and every goddamn mirror, he's stopping to flex. I mean, I don't flex, but I do look at, like, every time I walk past the mirror, I look at it. But my God. I just make eye contact with myself, and I'm like, you're doing a great job. She gives herself a little pep talk. 99% of the time when I look in the mirror when I walk by, it's to make sure that there's not something on my face or in my teeth. (laughs) Look, I'm I'm not going, you're doing great, Carly. I'm going, is there something on my teeth? 
My job is a life hole from which there's no recovery. You need <laughs> like everything you can to get pep in your step. <laughs> Today, I accidentally hit a Disney princess microphone, a sing-along microphone, and then me and Reba had a dance party in toys. Because he started singing at us, so I started dancing, and she started dancing, and we're just dance, dance party in the toy department. Hey, can I talk because about Christy and Carlton real quick? So Christy, no. during her meeting with, uh, during her lunch with Howard or dinner uh-huh. before they fucked, right. um, Howard asked her, "Hey, snoop on him and see what you can find out." Because he's like, "Who's Carlton Whitfield?" He thinks that he was sent by hire him. By, We're in the middle of a possible, yeah. possible a secret takeover. Davenport plant, which would make sense. So mm-hmm. Christy goes into Carlton's office and steals some notes, brings them back to Howard, says, "Hey, I found these." He's like, "Great." So at a meeting, Carlton. Um, <laughs> uh, at a meeting Carlton runs in and he's late and he's wearing like khaki trousers and like yeah. casual wear and he goes well it's a new product I'm testing him out and Art who's the, you know the guy's like oh it's a really good idea I'm like do they deal in pants <laughs> apparently they deal in everything deal and in every- I said what does this company sell and John says everything from dog food to missile guidance systems mm-hmm. they said yeah, it they at one point that. yeah <laughs> right in the beginning he says do you even know what we do here and he goes you're a multinational conglomerate you sell everything from dog food to missile, missile guidance systems yep. so pants well it's kind of hard when you have to you were flexing <laughs> and you throw your pants at your secretary to be like shit I'm gonna need those yeah. yeah now you don't have pants so during the meeting, Howard walks in and uh, is like, well, Carlton was pointing out some issues that we were having with the cuts, but we're ironing those out. And he's like, which one is Carlton? He goes, oh, nose bleed. Get him all the time. They're dry heat. And he runs out. I'm like, who was that? Like, that was Whitfield. And then Howard chases him. Mm-hmm. Because he ducks into a closet or room and you can't mm-hmm. find it. And he ducks the supply closet. Sex. Oh, yeah, Where people right. are blowing. There's a lot of sex in this yeah. <laughs> People are just fucking... A- and wait, wait for it. He's like, oh, I came to get some supplies. And they don't acknowledge him at all. They just keep going. <laughs> and he looks at her and goes, you must be from receiving. Yeah. <laughs> Which was funny. From receiving. I'm like, oh, that's my favorite line. Spoilers. Does it hold up? At this point, was my favorite line. I feel like there's a lot of fucking, but we don't really see a lot of fucking. It's a lot no, of very little boobs for as much uh, fucking as in here. Uh, implied fucking, which is how I prefer my fucking. Just imply it. I don't need to see it. <laughs> well, I think, I think, despite the tone of the movie, Michael J. Fox did sort of have a reputation to be, you know, yeah, he, can't he, be was, a, he can't be in a porno. He's he still was, Alex P. Keaton. Yeah, he was Team <laughs> still Family fucking guys. Marty McFly and fucking, yeah, yeah. Howard... Whatever his fucking name was. Can't be a sex guy. Michael P. Keaton? Or, uh, no, Michael. No, Team Wolf. Oh, uh, Scott Howard. Scott Howard. So, he, you know, he was still America's. And he was Alex P. Keaton in the uh, yeah. ties. He was still America's, like, golden boy. They didn't, right. you know, so they probably. He couldn't be, you know, going, you know, balls deep in your love. Yeah. <laughs> this had been someone else, then they'd probably be all, everybody be fucking naked. Yeah, he couldn't. He couldn't over. take off his shoes and suck me sexy. No, that wasn't that wasn't his deal. I don't think Alex P. Keaton is sucking you sexy. Huh? <laughs> you don't know. He keeps his op- options open. We do know what happened to Alex P. Keaton, though. Yeah. Do we? Yes. He became a senator or something. Because at the end of and he was well, running for president because at the end when Michael J. Fox left Spin City, he was going to work on the campaign. For Alex P. Keaton's camp, Senator P. Keaton's uh, presidential campaign, I believe. Yeah, oh, really? That's yeah. funny. That's how they wrote Michael J. Fox off of Spin City because his Parkinson's got too bad. Yeah, that's funny. So we left, and that was the the entire world went, oh, that's amazing. The entire world was like, okay, you can leave now because you're going to work for Alex P. Yeah. Keaton. Well, the entire world didn't really get a say. Well, 
To be fair. I think they wrote world him wishes to, him well. Yeah. I feel like they wrote him off the show, and then it came out that he had Parkinson's. Like I feel no, like it, it was, was right before. But I feel like it was like it wasn't like it, those. That news kind of broke at the same time that yeah, he'd be it came the out show just before. I think they were laying the groundwork like, "Hey, look, I have Parkinson's. It's pretty bad." I take these pills, it's helping, but it's hard for me yeah, to but keep working. I mean, and then it was like, yes, now I'm leaving the show. Yeah, but it wasn't... And the world was like, cool. It wasn't like public and he was worked like... They for were years. very. It yeah. was very at the same time. Like he released the news because mm-hmm. he was leaving the show and couldn't. It probably work was. It was. It was planned that way. Like okay, we'll put and it out. And he does still we'll do work. It. He just it's infrequent. Yeah, he it's just not, can't yeah. make that kind of. Commitment he he works more than I probably would if I was him, but. <laughs> yeah, he still does stuff. He does a lot of. Believe it or not, he does a lot of Back to the Future stuff with Christopher Lloyd. Yeah, I've seen I, a lot of them. Like, they always just pop up, which he, is cool. I mean, he does, like, voiceover work, too, so. And they're, I don't know if they're trying to make another one, but it would make all the money, so who cares. All right, I'm so, pretty sure he's got some cartoons. Hey, brothers. late night, Christy's trying to leave, and he and she finds Carlton working mm-hmm. late in his office, and they start talking. She says, oh, you're a workaholic. That's all right, I'm a workaholic, too. She's like, you think this expansion thing is better than our cut thing? Mm-hmm. Convince me. Mm-hmm. So they argue for a while, and then during their argument, she's just like, "Hey, why is it every time I say something, you say the exact opposite? Because like everything you say is so damn dumb." <laughs> like this is the way into our heart. Oh yeah. Tell her she's so dumb. far. You've you've been overly persistent when she's told you to go away. <laughs> been weird in her office. Been weird in her office, and now you're telling her everything she says is dumb. It's called negging. He ends up in this little It is called negging. I was thinking the same thing. He's negging. Within 24 hours of this moment right here. (laughs) It works. The people on the podcast cannot see your creep-ass face. (laughs) Creep-ass face. (laughs) Anyway, so just then, Christy's blood sugar... The face he was making can only be described as creep-ass. Christy's blood sugar drops, and she needs food. That's not going to do anything to me. I've seen you look much worse. She should have snacks in her desk if this happens to her. Yes. I don't know. Well, I have they, snacks in my desk, and this does not happen to me. Technically, I just like snacks. They're, <laughs> technically, they're in his office, but she's but still, like, but how she's far just her like, office beef mitt. I I can't pay attention to what you're talking about anymore. Like she just kind of falls yeah. into a corner of the couch. They probably have some vending machines or something. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't matter. They go to the executive yeah. lounge and get like snacks. So at the they go to a um, restaurant, and the waitress is like, "Oh, how long have you guys been going together?" She's like, "Oh, we're work colleagues." Work colleagues, you should go together. You look good together. And what can I get you? Like, how about some menus? I'm a much better uh, waitress than I'm an actress. And it's like, is that Tom Hanks's mom? <laughs> John feels a very strong connection with this character. <laughs> the waitress? I can't tell. What makes you say that? Because you're doing her accent. That's just my accent. <laughs> That's my real accent that I don't fake when the rest of you are around. <laughs> when I talk to my dad, that's how I sound. I know I live with you. <laughs> and what do you, what, you're saying you're faking your normal voice right I now? I have my regular Virginia accent. You, you can't, you don't change your voice? I don't change Sometimes my voice. people change mildly. No, but you just said that that, yeah. that that was your real accent when you're not faking it. it so that be. means... <laughs> That when you're talking right now, you're using a fake accent? When this movie came out, that's what I sounded like. I know it is. That's why I said you have a strong connection with that character. Because you're doing that voice. See, when you do it, it sounds bad. It does. <laughs> you sound like Margot Robbie who's faking her accent. Everybody's like, oh, that's the best accent ever. I was like, no one sounds like that. When she was in or everyone Wolf of like Wall that. Street. That movie's just They're terrible. like, oh, her Brooklyn accent is great. First of all, not what people sound like. 
she's doing a stereotypical accent, and people from California told her that's what you should sound like. Anyway, um, so they have a nice time at their dinner and decide to go for a walk mm-hmm. and talk. Mm-hmm. And Christy tells her that she's been looking into his business ideas. And you know what? They're not the worst thing. Hold up. For the last hour and a half, you've been yelling at me about how my ideas are all wrong. But now you tell me that you've been looking into them? This would upset me. Well, she said convince me, so I guess he's convincing her. Lucky for her. Boobs. <laughs> Tony's right. And she takes off her shirt and he's instantly forgetting. It's like, what happened? <laughs> he didn't realize she had evaporated. boobs because her shirt was so boxy. <laughs> <laughs> To be fair. He was like, oh my God, why did your shoulder pads fall down to your chest? (laughs) (coughs) So finds out she's up for them. It's just, well, you're up for my my work ideas. How about my after work ideas? And she's like, don't push. And he's like, I wasn't listening to that last part. Mm. So they hang out (coughs) into the early morning. Yeah, they do. And he shows her the ticket that his parents gave him for a uh, plane trip back to Kansas. And the moment he uses this is the moment that he knows that New York has beat him. Like, this shit's getting deep pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they had one of those very intense things where they stay up all night talking. And yeah. And now they're in love forever. He tells her that she's a, <laughs> it just occurred to him. She's a mess. She's like, thanks. And he goes, well, I just don't understand how you can be a mess. You can look so beautiful. <laughs> yeah, he named her again. Oh, my God. While you sleep tonight, this is the face of me next to you. <laughs> Earlier this week, I had to get up, and Elaine stole my spot, so I was up then. It was 1.30 in the morning. I had to go sleep on the couch. You could have rolled me over. She says that. Just give me a good push. Elaine? No. <laughs> Don't. It has not happened. <laughs> As it comes up, trust me. As it comes up, I don't go around Elaine while she's sleeping. <laughs> I mean, I mean, she's I mean, my friend's wife, and she's also trained. <laughs> so, there's nothing good coming out of this. If it comes up, don't. You should have just gotten in on my side of the bed and slept on the other side. That's what I would have done. <laughs> anyway, so I've done it before. <laughs> so then she tells him, well. What's happened is you work on a project with someone and you mistake the project for feelings and then you find out after the project's done you have nothing left to talk about. And he's like leaning in. He's like, yeah, I want to see you naked. No, he says, well, then we they shouldn't. They like, we shouldn't get together while we're while on the we're project. They like rub noses and they're <laughs> yeah, they practically do. They do Eskimo they're, kisses. they're so close to each other. Like their lips are like brushing each other. It's not kissing, but they're like barely touching and their noses are... Touching, and then he's just like, and you're right. We should not get together while we're working on this project. So then two seconds later, he he wants to know who his competition is. And she's like, oh, just some guy. And then they fuck. (laughs) Yep. Uh, let me rewind for a second. Hold oh, wait a minute. <laughs> How do we get from that we're not going to get involved in this project? Hey, who, who's my competition? Just some dude. Cool. Let's fuck. That's literally how it went. No idea. Now they're heavily involved. <laughs> I mean, maybe he's packing the heat. Going heels to Jesus. I mean, he looks, he's, he looks, he's hung like a Ken doll, dear. We've already established. <laughs> <laughs> to be That's fair. True. You're right. We've well, seen it. There's no she's mystery. Never, she's never seen that That's before. That's not the secret of success. <laughs> Secret of my success is that I'm living very smooth. short. Smooth. <laughs> very smooth. Right. Very smooth. Smooth and hairless. Monday morning, Howard runs into Christy and says, 
where the hell have you been all weekend? And she's like, hello? Which she should I mean, have just said, I was at home. I didn't answer my phone. It's the weekend. Yeah, but he was looking for the freaking weekend. Uh, yeah. But he, how many times she do you think he called her? She was catching the pee her? from Alex BT. How many That's times right. do you think he called her? 17. I don't know. I mean, this also, is, these are, these are landlines. So where was she? Did she go back to his apartment? Oh too? my god! Oh. <laughs> they in his apartment the whole weekend. They did not and go. Rassy. You don't take Christy Wells to no. the rat infested no, apartment. You can't. He slept with Aunt Vera there, and she's a waitress. Aunt Vera went there and knows he's broke. Yeah, she thinks he's an Vera's, important executive. Vera's DTF wherever. They had to have been at Christie's. Yeah. They had to go back to her place or get a hotel room. No, but you know Howard went to her house. Really fucking you know Howard went to this her house. This is what they're talking about when they say plot holes. There's no way that she spent the weekend nah. in that apartment. No, <laughs> not and ever talked to him again. <laughs> Anyways. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so they both go to their prospective offices and Christy calls him to break up with them. Says, I really respect you, but I don't think we should be involved anymore in the office. And he hangs up on her. And then he shows up at her office. Then he goes to his office and goes, Well, I respect your decision. It's kind of ironic, though. Vera and I have agreed on divorce terms. <laughs> liar, liar, pants on fire. And she believes him like she's an executive. Like, this is, she's a yeah, fu- she's fucking professional. female, and she, she came from, like, Harvard or something. She believes And him, she believes this motherfucker. But she doesn't get back with him. Yeah, she does. She goes to lunch with him. No, but they have Which lunch. is code for, go ahead and give it a shot, Howard. <laughs> so during lunch, um, he shows her that uh, Donald Davenport has made an offering to take over the company. And he's having all key personnel over to his house this weekend. And he needs her there. So she's like, of course I'll be there. It's work-related. <laughs> yes, we've also realized her middle name is, her full name is Christy Dumbfuck Wells. <laughs> she's got the book smarts. What does she have? She hopefully they do mention that she they mention in this that she's a financial wizard, so she's got to be really good with math and things. She's just awkward socially, probably. But does not have any common sense, you know. Mm-hmm. A blind, you know, what's his name? Uh, Ray Charles can see this shit coming. Mm. Well, this was the '80s, so um, Stevie Wonder. Yeah, he did not call to just say "I love you." He mm-hmm. called to bone. <laughs> um. And she also wants the notes back that, that she stole from Carlton. He's like, absolutely, no problem. In the mailroom, God tells Brantley that he's watching him. He's like, I've been watching you, Brantley. There's something wrong. I'm watching you. God is always watching you. And he's like, I know. But won't the other guys get jealous? <laughs> <laughs> so Carlton finds Christy and tells her that he wants to tell her something. And they start talking because he wants to tell her, hey, look, I'm Brantley Foster and yada, yada, yada. And she wants to tell him, hey, I stole your notes. But it doesn't work out. And she's like, oh. Well, you know what? Hey, um, let's talk about it this weekend. She's like, oh, I have a thing this weekend. I can't. And he's like, good. And starts running. Why? Because God saw him in a suit talking with Christy. Why would he chase him? Oh, yeah. so this scene can happen. Yeah. Where yeah. he's running. Yeah, he Christy's really there. And Melrose happens to be there watching him run in a suit. Yeah. Melrose, and this is where Melrose figures it out. And during this chase, Melrose says, hi, boss, as he's chasing him. And then they go around again, and he goes, all right, two laps in, you got a half a lap lead. (laughs) And just then, as um, God is getting close to Brantley, Melrose takes the cord of the vacuum or whatever. He's like, hey, boss, you trips him. And he starts falling down the stairs, and he goes, bye, boss. Mm. And Brantley loses him. 
So Melrose finds Brantley and says, what are you doing? And he goes, worst case scenario, they find out and you get fired. You know, best case scenario is you don't get caught and you become one of them, a suit. And he goes, nothing good is going to come for this. And he goes, yeah, but I'm still half a step ahead of him. All right, then. To be fair, I guess he is learning the... If nothing else, he is learning the inner workings of this company and how the company works. So when they fire his ass, he can go to another company and say, and say what? I have say I have experience. I know how this other company works. I was working at such and such, and they fired me. You mm-hmm. here's Vera's number. You can talk to her. <laughs> <laughs> and there you go. Well, well played. Well played. I was going to say, well, how are they going to verify? Oh, Vera. Good Vera. idea. Yeah. All right. Nice. Vera. And, uh, They'll verify it. Yeah. All right. So yeah, he good. goes. Thank you. That's good. So he goes into his office and finds Uncle Howard. He's like, Uncle Howard. He goes, what are you doing here? Oh. I'm looking for Whitfield. I'm looking for Whitfield. Why are you in a suit? Oh. A funeral. funeral. A friend. He died. We buried, buried him. him. Okay. Well, bring us up to my office. He goes, okay. You're not coming? We have in a few minutes. Um, so now Brantley walks into Howard's office and finds Aunt Vera, who sings him a medley and wants to fuck in her husband's office Mm-hmm. Knowing that he's supposed yeah. to be there, yeah, that's uh, really she good. wants to get yeah, caught. It, this is always drives me crazy in TV shows and movies when they do this. So like, let's fuck in the office that doesn't that isn't locked, and anybody could catch us. <laughs> and even if you do lock it, you know, as a key, Howard, yeah, your husband. <laughs> I mean, if you his if uncle you had to do this, go to another floor into a uh, closet or something. Like so that other any, literally anywhere else, or you know, <laughs> she starts off. taking off his clothes. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Wow, and he's trying really hard. He's like, "Oh, dear, I'm gonna get fired, please." Just then, Uncle Howard was like, "What the hell is this?" And they both look at him and go, oh. "I mean, he fell, he fainted. What do you mean he fainted?" Okay, yeah, fainted, fainted away. Hurt his head. Like here I come in and I find out that this beautiful woman is my aunt Vera. <laughs> and. Shame on you, Howard, for not telling us that our nephew's working for the company. Our nephew's working for the company. Yeah. <laughs> and he's, and then she's like, well, hey, Vera, what are you doing here? And she says, we were supposed to have lunch. And he goes, I've already had my lunch. She goes, fine. You don't mind if I take Brantley to lunch then? And he's, he's like, whatever. Peace. <laughs> and he goes, Power's booth. He says, well, bye. <laughs> and then he's like, Vera's like, hey, you know what? Let's take Brantley up to the house for the weekend. We're having all those people, and I'd like to have a playmate to play with. And Howard's like, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Distract you so I can bang out Supergirl. Sold. Mm-hmm. Even though I'm hosting this party. Right. Yeah. People might notice I'm not around. So I don't think they all will. over this chick. Let's... <laughs> with the talk... only girl there that... Beer-flavored nipples. There. But this was supposed to be a strategy session... Mm-hmm. But there's all these other people from all yeah. these other corporations. Yeah, I think it was what? A, more of a house what? party. No, what than I actually envision strategy session. No, what I actually envisioned this is that he he brought his key personnel finger quotes to his house, where he invited all these other major power players from New York, so they can all mix and meet. So when they get fired from Pimrose, they have Some contacts in other places they can go get other jobs. Yeah, that's what that I've always sense. read. Because this it house. was. It seemed like maybe Vera planned a party and he didn't want to have to deal with these people. So then he invited the execs for a strategy <laughs> session so he wouldn't have to talk to and mix with these other people. No, it from, doesn't make No, because how Vera describes these people, a guy like Howard wants to talk to them. Yeah. Wall Street's well, Iron Man, wanna you want to talk to that guy. Yeah. There's no way that's a bad thing. <laughs> 
I just that's how I imagined it always know, in crazy. my mind is that he was it's networking. It's a little odd. It is a little odd. So Howard calls Brantley immediately and has lunch and says, I've been watching you very closely. And, and I now know it's going Brantley on. thinks, oh shit, he knows that I'm Carlton Wilson. Any one of my lies. And he's like, <laughs> and Howard's like, you've been working very hard keeping your nose clean. I'm going to reward that someday. But first, I need a favor. And he's like, I'm your man. <laughs> Howard tells him that men like us, we have. You know, needs? Needs. We can't be tied down to one woman. We're men of the world. Gross. He's like, I have a companion. And Brantley's like, a girl. Yes. Well, mm-hmm. she needs to be any kind of antsy. She wants me to leave my wife, which I will never, ever do. I'm like, wow. He's just calling, leaving yeah. it all out there. It's like, hey, I need I an ally. Think they have a prenup. Mm-hmm. And he can't leave Look, her. If you ain't no punk, Holla, we want prenup. Because then he gets nothing. Yeah. Like, she, the shares for this company... Are in her name. I think so too. Mm-hmm. I think that's all protected under their prenup. Yep. That would make sense. And yep. so that's why he won't leave her. Yep. I agree. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. Because mm-hmm. somebody like this, even in the 80s, would have a prenup. And like even like though that. he's a CEO and makes them. good yeah. money, he's not going to lose his company to this. Like dude. the majority no, of their the money same. is family yeah. money, it's right. her money. Right. Like that house out in, in that's Connecticut. That's her house. That's yeah. her house. That's not his yes. house. Which is also part of the reason why she doesn't care. She's not worried about any of this. She goes, This is all mine. You know what I mean? You're my husband. Cool. You'd think he would be trying a little bit harder to make her happy. Well, uh, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, we also don't know. But the whole. she also so seems like Howard she, tells Brantley, often don't do things that I want you to stay, to stay very close to Anvira because she likes you. I want to encourage that. Gross. I want you to go fuck my wife while I go treat her. I don't her. think he, he says say that. that. I think it's distracting. That's what I get always implied. I think he, like you said... The arrangement that he thinks they have is that he can fuck around. I don't think that he's okay with her fucking around. I don't think so either. I agree with Carly. <laughs> That's why he wants his nephew to do it. That way he thinks it's safe. He wants Distract his cake and eat it too. And she's supposed to just sit at home and No, her name is Christy, not Eve. To want to pick her up. See what I did there? I saw that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No one else? No? No. No? no. It's Christy, not Edith, because he wants his cake and eat it too? No. I only know one Edith, and her last name is Bunk. <laughs> Songs that made the hit parade. <laughs> Guys like us, we had it made. Those were the days. I love that show. They can't make that now. I used to watch that no. with Jefferson's Back to Back. And those are two shows you can't do. <laughs> you want to know what John's been watching lately? Welcome back, Cotter. Welcome, welcome back, Cotter. Which is a show they could make today because the Sweat Hogs are very culturally diverse. I come you have a Puerto home, Rican Jew, a regular the, Jew, a black guy, like, and an Italian. For the last couple weeks, <laughs> and another I Jew come home, teacher. and he's upstairs, and I'm like, hello, Mr. Kata. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good show, and it semi-holds up. I mean, the clothes are something. <laughs> They're just something. Retro. Mm. That's right, Chael. <laughs> anyway, so we're at the party at the weekend, and Brantley gets to the house, and he's granted, gre- greeted by Aunt Vera. And who immediately tells her, please don't tell anybody I work in the mail room. I don't want to be embarrassed. She's like, oh, don't worry. I've got Howard, his key to the executive washroom. I'll get you yours, too. Which I 100% believe. Yes. Like, the only reason why that he's in his position is because he married Vera. Mm-hmm. He was probably some low-level... He's, 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 a triple, he's a triple H. Yeah. But my, yes. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but my question is, how involved in the company was she? 
Does she know the inner and outer voices? I think, or her she fa- just I think that was when her father was still alive. Right. Like, did she work there? Was she I, I an executive know. or something? No. I, I, I think, think she just... met him out in town, yeah. and they started dating, and she introduced him to her father, who mm-hmm. got him a job at So Primrose. she's just rich. Like, she's just yeah. generation. I think she's just rich yes. in the first place. So yes. and we find out that you know Daddy used to live like this before he you know got big in Pembroke. So they're not old money; they're new money. So if she doesn't have any marketable skills, her grandkids will be broke, probably because generational wealth doesn't really last that long. And probably, well, we don't know. We, and probably Daddy died before they thought he was going to. Well, there it, we don't see her do anything other than be a lady of leisure, and she talks about how much she exercises well, and works out. She's very. That's, that's leisure time. We see her. She exercises. Not the way she does it. She exercises. That's all she does. Anyway, so um, as they're walking around, people are like, "Hey, Carlton. Hey, Whitfield." He's like, "Carlton." He's like, "Oh, that's my middle name." You have all those names of yours. Yeah, my parents couldn't uh, decide. You see, my monogram looks like an eye chart. He says, "That's what I love about you, Brantley. Just keep surprising me." I'm like, oh, she wants his. Buckle up. <laughs> Stand by. <laughs> I haven't seen my rat bed yet. Yes, so, she has. Yes, she has. Well, maybe, maybe she has. She fucked in so, that bed. So Vera shows Brantley some of the, the richest people at the party. They're like, none of these people work for my the company. This is, um, you know, so-and-so. He's the richest man in the world. This is so-and-so. He, you know, he made his money the real old-fashioned way. He inherited it. <laughs> and she shows him all of these people and is like, I'm going to introduce you to all of them. So Howard meets with Christy who and gives her Carlton's notes. So here you go. Christy, here's the notes you oh want. yeah, sorry. And Christy's like, okay, and he tries to bone, and she's like, Howard, no, good for you, Christy. She tells him she's involved with somebody else, and he's like, I don't care. <laughs> then she immediately goes into. The, Which his wife doesn't care either that Brantley is involved with somebody else. <laughs> so then she goes into the bushes where Carlton surprises her. Yeah. And she goes, Carlton. And he goes, you think Carlton Whitfield will miss a party? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Actually, I do. And they bone, question mark? Because she and has they to... they imply it. Because she has to fix herself before they leave. At least they fuck in the bushes. They fuck in the bushes. They have lots of quickies in this There's, movie. They, they fucked that landscaping up. Yeah. There's sticks... Where you I don't mean, want sticks. I mean, that's to... They got more than sap on her. There's, there's, not, there's so much. Pothole to pothole. All right, so Howard has a meeting that Carlton's not invited to, but everybody else is. Meanwhile, Brantley's over with Vera, winning over the, the money men of New York. Because Brantley is young and he reads the and he's charming. paper. Brantley and is young, intelligent, and charming. Follows other companies. He's So he's able to talk to these people, and they're, you. I love this. So when I'm talking with people, I look for what they're doing. They're like the smile and they're nodding along with you. He's like, gotcha. Yeah. So what I'm, you're buying what I'm selling. I love that. John and I asked was, Elaine about that and she's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. He's like, you don't talk to people and they nod their head yes. And I'm like, I don't have those kind of meetings. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't like eye contact. But I'm so always I'm looking for that. You look at who you're talking to and you want to make sure that they're they're picking up what you're putting down. But I don't like eye contact. I mean, I okay. do that with students, but... Well, yes, yeah, like 100%. But, no, but it I is. I like look at me and sometimes I have to touch their elbow to make sure that their no, focus this, is there. This is, <laughs> no, this is exactly the same thing. Like when you're teaching, you're making a connection with the students and making sure they're taking what you're giving them. Mm-hmm. That's what he's doing here. It's just the material's different. But he's going for that same connection that you have with your children. <laughs> anyway, that's just what I noticed then. I don't have those kind of meetings. <laughs> maybe you should I don't know maybe I'm terrible at my job 
I'll, I'll come one day and I'll be a consultant. You're not actively, <laughs> I'm, I say this even though I'm not doing it either, trying to sell anything. <laughs> I'm yes, presenting material. I'm not really trying to sell it. but You are 100% selling education. I'm, I'm giving direction. <laughs> but you're not or, actively trying to sell anything. No. Yes, you are. You're selling education. No, I'm talking about her. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're, I'm not trying to get selling. them on, bo- on board with my ideas. I'm saying... This is what happening. What's happening, or what do you think? Yeah. All right, we're gonna circle back to that later. Anyway, <laughs> um, later in call, later Carlton and Christy are talking, uh, and Howard asks, you know, they're at the pool and they're chatting, and Howard walks over and is like, "Excuse me, can I talk to you?" And he's like, "Hey, I heard Carlton is here," and he goes, "Oh, yeah, he was here a minute ago, but he left." He goes, "All right, well, here's what I need you to do." He goes, no, somebody said they just saw him talking to Christy. Okay. And he's like, I haven't seen him. He's all right. I need you to stick to Christy. Keep that guy Carlton away from him. He's like, hey, I'm your man. So he goes back and goes, what did he want? And he tells Christy, well, uh, he told me to stick to you and, you know, watch out for you. And she goes, he said that? <laughs> he's like, hey, maybe he thinks we're a good couple because he has no idea. Yeah. No. She's like, no. <laughs> and, and she doesn't say it, but <laughs> she has but this look really, on her face she like. she should be going, so something's not <laughs> yeah there's something wrong here in pound town which is where they live mm. anyway so this yeah she has a look on her face that he totally didn't catch so it's time for the late night sex capade mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that is what it is so here we go Howard, I enjoyed the one in Thoroughly Modern Millie better. <laughs> no. So Howard makes sure that Vera is sleeping. So he goes down to check on Christy. Meanwhile, Brantley goes to check on Christy. And Vera goes to check on Brantley. Mm-hmm. And Christy goes oh. to the bathroom. I liked the one on Frasier. Mm-hmm. And they're in the cabin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so now, the entire time, everybody's sneaking around trying not to get caught by somebody else. But somewhere in the middle of all this, Christy ends up in Art's room. Yeah. So now Art thinks that Christy wants to bone down and starts chasing Christy. But Christy's oblivious to I this. I think Christy was hiding from Howard and ducked into Art's room. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. But Art takes it as, cool, I'm going to bang her. And you're like, where did you get that from? She came into his and room. And it's like coming after her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but not, she didn't come into his room and like talk to him. She came into his room and, and was looking out the door. She never even saw him. And he comes after her like. Like, t- like he's going to get her. Like, I'm going <laughs> to get you. Like Dracula would. Yeah. And you're like, whoa, dude. You mean Dr. Dracula? Yes. Him too. So during all of this madness, Brantley gets into Christie's room and finds Carlton's notes. And is like, what the hell? But just then, he hears somebody else coming in and it's Howard. Luckily, has that very noticeable red fucking folder. The extra long file folder? The one sponsored by Adidas? Yeah. The Adidas folder? Yeah. So Howard comes in and he jumps into bed and Howard's like, oh, (laughs) Christie, I love you. I want to marry you. And he goes... Go away! <laughs> he goes, I'm sorry. I love you. He's like, I want to marry you. And then she's like, oh, don't be mad. And then he pops up and goes, I want to beat the shit out of you. <laughs> Just like, then, what? Christy comes in. So they both hide under the, the blanket. Ba- yeah. so, so Howard jumps in the bed and under the blanket. Yeah, so they both hide under the blanket as Christy comes in and goes to the bathroom. Vera pops in for some reason. And it's like, what the hell? And turns the lights on, and it's he finds Howard and Carlton slash Brantley in the bed and goes, oh, my God. Then Christy comes out of the bathroom and goes, oh, my God. And then Vera says, all right, sex revolution is over. Everybody out of bed. 
And so they have the talk. Um, what, are, what are you doing? Christy? It takes way too long for Howard to realize that Carlton is yeah. Brantley. We're getting to that. Yes. So then Howard's like, Brantley, what are you doing in Christy's bed? She's like, and she's Brantley? like, who's Brantley? She's like, I came in and saw him with Carlton. And he's like, Carlton, Carlton wasn't here. And she goes, what are you, blind? Who's that? That's Brantley. And that's when Howard goes, wait a minute. Whitfield is is Brantley. Brantley is Whitfield. And he, to be Michael fair, J. Fox is he like, has a lot going on. He does. He's cheating on his wife. His company's getting taken over. He's got a lot, <laughs> lot of plates his spinning, too. His girlfriend broke up with him. Yeah. yeah. So, to be so fair. So, he's like, that's right. He's Carlton is fast. Carlton is Brantley. Brantley is Carfield. And then Vera goes, and Christie's the bimbo. Ooh. <laughs> he goes, shut up. Because Vera here is... She's got no losses here. <laughs> uh, well, she does. The husband thing. Well, and she also lost her boy toy. She does well. want the boy toy. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, there are no bimbos. And he's like, except for Christie. Right. No, Vera. <laughs> and she's like, how many bimbos would you say there were? So then Christie... And, the, no, Howard is like... Christy is not a bimbo. I was with an entirely different bimbo at the office. And then he's like, no, no. And he tries to circle back. There were, there were no bimbos, except for Christy. Right. <laughs> so then um, Vera's like, I'm going to call my lawyer. Totally calm. Like, cool. Yeah. Gotcha, I mean, bitch. She's been unhappy in this marriage for a while. <laughs> and now she has grounds for divorce. And I'm sure in the prenump, there is a fault where if somebody cheats, they walk out with no fault. Because yeah. if she got caught cheating, I'm sure Howard would have gotten a big windfall. But now he caught Maybe. her cheating. She caught him. She caught him. So now <laughs> he, she's going to be able to, you know, keep the company and probably launch a lot of other things. And pay Michael J. Fox to keep his fucking trap shut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, so, Mr. CEO. Yeah. <laughs> How about you don't say anything? And so now... And that's the secret of his success. <laughs> So now, and Christy gets mad, and Carlton is mad, or Brantley is mad. Everybody Everybody's is mad. <laughs> so back at the office, we see Brantley and um, Melrose are packing up his office. And Gene's like, so you're not really executive? No, I'm sorry. But you had so much energy, and you kept taking your pants off. <laughs> she liked working for it. It was probably a lot of fun to work for a boss who's ha- there only like half the time. Mm-hmm. And, and does this. <laughs> Next time you come over, you're going to walk in. What's up, Tony? No. <laughs> Tony's like, I don't, I don't think this. so. He's like, I'm not coming over ever again. Yes, you are. All right. All right. And uh, moving on. So, and then Christy runs into Brantley as they have packed up the desks. And she's like, you going back to Kansas? He's like, no, I'm not going back to Kansas. She's like, she's like well, hey, look, you should talk. You're just as unemployed as I am. She says, I have contacts all over town. She's like, yeah, you're going to sleep your way to the top there. Ooh. And she's just, they go in the elevator, they start fighting. And he's like, as a matter of fact, if you see me, you've been cross the street. He goes, I absolutely will. Because if I see you, I'll fucking put. And then they, the door is shut. And we open up on the ground floor. And they're, and they're making out. They're like, ah. Sorry, this elevator is taken. No, this one's full. Yeah. <laughs> and they make up. So they go back. And just then Gene and Melrose are leaving. And he goes, oh, no, I, we have a plan. I'm going to need your help. And Melrose so, goes, something that will get me fired. He goes, absolutely, because I love it. So they in, so they say, no, this elevator is full. And then we don't know how long they were in that elevator. No. Five minutes. So <laughs> he's quick. Because by the time they go back up, they have formulated a plan. Yeah. <laughs> it really, this plan comes out of nowhere. When did yeah. they formulate this plan? When he was they balls were deep fighting. They were making out. There was no time for a plan. Post not clarity. I, I think John's right, and it was when he was balls deep, and he's like, I don't want I heard to give, up give this up. <laughs> I hope so. It's true. Mm-hmm. What did you say? Post not clarity. Yeah. Oh. 
Sometimes you gotta get the poison out. I heard mm. that. Braun, I think, said that. The poison out? You never heard that? It's poison? That's what Braun said. You know who Braun is? It's poison? That sounds like something that you tell little boys. You gotta get it out because it's poison. <laughs> well, also, you know, I've heard that. And that girl is poison. Well, you can't trust a big butt to smile. I've heard that. <laughs> I got no. <laughs> anyway, not with the secret. At least. <laughs> so, at, no. so we cut to the board meeting with Donald Davenport and the Pembroke's executives. So Davenport was it was a hostile takeover. This yeah. was not just rumors. Like this they don't Fred really Wayne. confirm that it is a hostile takeover until kind so of the Fred last Monster. minute. There's like thirty people in this room. Mm -hmm. So it's a hostile takeover. Tony goes. I think we could. I think we could cut some of these jobs. Yeah. <laughs> so, There's like 30 this people in this room. a huge table. Right? So Uncle Howard is like, um, what we're concerned about is some of the key executive positions. There's less people in the Justice League. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Davenport's like, some of them have to go. Others, who have been so helpful, like yourselves, mm -hmm. stay as long as you like. Or a couple years till we fire you. Right. Until we find somebody who I like better yeah. to take you a job. If you were doing such a great job, I probably couldn't have taken over your company. Right. So truth. So just then, Brantley comes in with his entourage, which is Gene, Melrose, Christie, and that's it for right now. <laughs> and Brantley says, They're all "Hey, in casual wear." He takes control of the meeting, and he says. You know, at first when I heard about this takeover, I was as nervous as a long-tailed cat in a room full of rocking chairs. I feel like he didn't need to use that folksy thing. It well, he wants to he's reinforce he's from Kansas. I know, but it he's didn't stupid. Need... What does he know? And we learned that Brantley has purchased 5% of the Davenport Corporation, and he's buying them out. And they're like, what kind of bullshit is this? And just then, he says, you know, at first, people didn't believe me. And they thought it was crazy. You know, it's all real complicated. <laughs> <laughs> but he's like, but I had a, an ace in the hole. The daughter of the founder, Vera Prescott. She comes in and starts clapping. And 50. we find out that she owns 50.1.5% of the voting stock. Whoops. She's the majority shareholder. She controls Pemrose. So she is not going to be selling. And then she fires Howard and Art. She says, I can't do this. Like, oh, I absolutely can do that. I just caught you cheating. As of that moment, we're no longer a couple. I filed for divorce. All that stuff's mine. This is going to take some time, but it's going to happen. You're out of here, pal. And when you think about it, it's like, yeah, she's going to win. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. She's got everything she needs. Everything lines up. I like the attention to detail. So they're buying out um, Davenport. Meanwhile, all the rich money guys who met at the party all come in. He goes, oh, these are my financial advisors. And they're like, yep, those guys would have the money to do this. <laughs> so they buy out the Davenport Corporation and Pimrose they already own. They got their own conglomerate. So they, they initiated their own hostile takeover. Backdoor hostile takeover. Mm-hmm. And then they reveal their new plan going forward. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the good guys finish first. Sometimes the best is all it takes. You know that? Sometimes the good guys finish first. And we see that Vera I'm like, is now dating Melrose because they started talking she, on the way out of the meeting. She said, how come I've never met you before? And he says, honey, you've been hanging out in the mailroom. She goes, oh, the mailroom. That sounds exciting. Bless her heart. And I don't know. They seem to enjoy each other. How come Gene people? didn't end up with someone? What happened to Gene? Gene's probably already I think married. Gene Let's was already real. married. Yeah. Let's be real. Gene was probably already married. Gene probably has two kids. 
only thing the gene is, gene's mad at the elevator because the elevator gets stuck again, and Brantley and Christy are boning down in it again. Get oh a my, fucking come room. On. <laughs> this is what I told. You. This is the kind of company they'd have an executive fuck chamber. This is the mid '80s, okay? They had an executive fuck chamber. Yeah, but it'd be in Howard's office, Unofficial. and he doesn't. No, want I'm to sure fuck. they. It, there's more. He does me. not want to fuck Christy on ha- in Howard's fuck room. She's Probably. already fucked in there with Howard. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's true. It's got Howard's poison all over it. So the new couples go to the opera. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna skip over that. The new couples go to the opera, and the driver Why? is God. Why? Why do they go to the opera? Why do they go to the opera? Why do I need to see? I mean, so I, we can see her in the dress that he uh, dreamed her, her in, but okay. earlier. So even though they talked about going back to his, I feel parents. like they could have just been going out to dinner. Yeah, I like the like well, we he see opera radigan. I thought they would get all dressed up, all of them, get on a private plane that they were talking about and fly to his parents' house and they'll be on the plane but with their champagne going. Oh, to oh. wrap up the movie, to show that um, Vera a- is now with Melrose, they're all going out to dinner, they're well-dressed, that's fine. But I didn't need it to be an opera, which we don't see. I didn't need them to ru- be running up the opera steps. I didn't need Michael ja- uh Michael Jackson, Michael J. Fox sitting on a railing and then kissing Christy at the, like for like twenty what? minutes in, tux, in a tux with tennis shoes. Okay, <laughs> those were Nikes though. They had the swoosh. Also, <laughs> when the camera freezes finally Never. for the real credits, he's, he's biting, biting her, her bottom lip. lip. Yeah, it's gross. After they kissed for like twenty minutes. Hey, this I don't a, need this was a big deal for Nike. Nike this. wasn't Nike yet. I know. They had barely signed Michael Jordan, who was barely a thing. Not in 87. He signed them in, uh, in like, 84. But at the... That's the, but the point is, I didn't need any of this. We could have just got the part where he kisses her on the shoulder and we see that she's in the dress and then they get in the limo and talk about taking well, the Well, he wanted to, to buy Christy Swanson's bottom it. lip. That was, Christy Swanson? No. That um, is not Christy Ellis Swanson. Ellen Slater. <laughs> <laughs> he wanted to buy Helen Slater's bottom lip. It's anyway, weird. moving over. Carly, what'd you think? It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> All right. My favorite character was Jean. <laughs> I also liked the guy in the mailroom, Fred. What is his last God. name? God. No, not no. God. The Melrose? One they, Melrose. My least favorite character was pretty much everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> Michael J. Fox is charming, but I did not like this character. Oh, she didn't like the movie. <laughs> <laughs> nope, this is, this is a no for her. <laughs> My favorite scene are the ones with Gene. <laughs> You like the jean scenes? Yeah. You like it when we flex it in the elevator? <laughs> <laughs> I like like when she walks in on him and he's in the office when she when the elevator opens. I like the scenes with Jean. My favorite tertiary object was Fred Wynn. And my favorite line is uh, when he's he's like, What's for dinner? And she says, Oh Howard, you really know how to sweep a girl back onto her feet. That's a good line. Yeah. I'll give it a maybe. I won't name it. I'll take it. But you only you know, gave it a maybe because it was a birthday pick. There's a lot of stuff in here where I'm like, this dude, this dude needs to get fired. <laughs> and then at one point, I turned, I paused it. Tony was in writer's group. He came out and I was like, Tony, I don't want to watch the rest of this. And he goes, why not? I said, because somehow it's going to end up working out for him. <laughs> and and I think it's just going to piss me off. <laughs> Elaine, what do you think? All right, my favorite character is Vera. 
<laughs> Which is funny because I often really dislike the thirsty woman. But this one, I just think she's funny. My favorite scene... I tend to like a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> or my least favorite character is Howard. I was kind of like... I don't like the guy in the mailroom that plays God. I don't like art. I don't like... I don't like a, lo- a lot of the side characters are kind of gross. But... Howard is the worst character, and the reason is because during the sex antics at the house party, he goes to Christy's room and her door is locked. So he goes yeah. and gets the key the master and key. unlocks her door. That's fucked Ew. up. Ew. That's fucked and up. And then no. tells her that he's going to get divorced. And, yeah, and it's but like she locked you out and you broke in. Yeah. While she was asleep. If she's asleep, that means no, dude. <laughs> I've heard that somewhere. That is true. Uh, my favorite scene is when Brantley has to take Vera home in the limo. Um, everything from when they get in the car to when he, when He's Howard gets home and he has to flee. It's weird. <laughs> and there's, I have so many questions, but at the same time, I think it's funny and I like it. So I'm into it. Like, the stuff in the pool is upsetting, but hilarious. <laughs> it's both upsetting and hilarious at the same time. Um, my uh, favorite tertiary object is the double mint gum. Because right. he offers her gum and it's double mint. And I'm, you know, and then I instantly thought of all the double mint commercials. Yes. But then I was like, does anybody actually like double mint gum? It used to be so popular. Nobody chews double mint anymore. anymore. Yeah. You have mint or cinnamon, but nobody chews double mint. <laughs> they don't even advertise gum anymore, I don't think. It's such a weird thing. It's not a big um, thing like it used to be. And my favorite line is, what's my mother going to say? I've disgraced my whole family. Oh, the hell you did. Oh, the hell you did. It's very funny. Um, I'm going to give this movie a yay. It's a light yay. I'm, I would watch this again if it was on and I came home and John was watching it. I would sit down and watch it and pay attention for the most part. <laughs> um, well, sometimes I sit down next to him and he's watching stuff and I couldn't tell you what he was watching by That's, the time it's I over. do that too. But I would <laughs> pay attention and laugh at certain points. So I'm going to give it a light yay. It's not my favorite Michael J. Fox. It's not my favorite 80s movie, but it's, <laughs> I think it's still there's enough here that is charming and fun. Tony? My favorite character is 9021 or Melrose. <laughs> My least favorite character is everyone else. <laughs> Even Gene! <laughs> I don't. Just messing with you, Tony. My favorite scene is the Jaws montage in the I pool. Knew that. I knew it. I knew it. Just about the whole safety back in the water. I was like, that's Tony's favorite. My favorite line is uh, when Carlton's going to get caught. And he starts praying. He goes, please, Lord, get me out of this. I'll travel all over the world telling people not to screw their boss's wives. That's Brandon. Yeah, Brandon. Either way. <laughs> My favorite tertiary object is Oh Yeah by Yellow, the Chicka Chicka song. Because they play it twice in this movie. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know that it, I didn't remember that it was in this movie. I thought it was only in Ferris Bueller's Day Off and Deadpool. <laughs> and I will maybe it. It's okay. John Anthony. Yo. Yo. All right, so my favorite character is Brantley slash Carlton mm-hmm. um, because, I don't know, he's just really charismatic and entertaining and it's hard yes. not to like him. He's Michael J. Fox. It was the 80s. <laughs> Duh. Was my the least 80s. favorite character is Uncle Howard. He's just a yeah. douchebag. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a sock over there. <laughs> That's um, all right. 
My hello. <laughs> He's like, you started talking again. <laughs> it woke me up. I know, right? I woke up the dog and just like looked me right in the face. Hello. Uh, my favorite scene is the where Vera finds everybody in bed and says, "All right, the sexual revolution's over. Everybody out of bed and that whole thing." Uh, the Brantley Whitfield reveal. The Brantley Whitfield reveal. And Christie's the bimbo. Um, my favorite line. Ah, it's so hard. So hard. I was gonna go with one there's of the some, there's some good lines. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have a backup. What's your backup? Show the college puke the ropes and keep him out of my face. His name is Brantley. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was funny. No, uh, I'm gonna go with um, where Christy says, "I hate men," and Brantley goes, "Well, I hope I never could become one." Mm-hmm. Well, he was 15. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> or my that. backup. Another good line is, I have never, ever in my life slept with the boss. But no, slept with a married man. Yeah. Yep. And you can see in his eyes, like, and my favorite tertiary object, this is going to surprise you, but it's all the cool 80s suits. <laughs> it was going to be the Budweiser that God is drinking mm-hmm. on at work. Yeah. <laughs> it says a Budweiser can, you can see the label right there. But no, I really like the 80s suits. I've been, I miss double-breasted suits. Those are cool. I can't wear them because they're not in style. <laughs> you I mean, could if you, you wanted could wear to. Them. Who's going to say anything to you? That's true. No, there is not one person that you work with that would be like, that is not a stylish suit. Yeah, yeah well, that's that too. And I will give this a yay. I've always liked this movie. Um, I've seen it probably a whole shitload. We used to have it on uh, VHS. VHS. We taped it from HBO. <laughs> nice. So this was on the same tape as Team Wow. We had a Michael J. Fox tape. I'm shocked. Your Michael favorite Fong. tertiary object was not the dictation tapes he gave to Gene to some, to transcribe. <laughs> no, it's the suits that Michael J. Fox is rocking, man. It's hot. All right, so Carly. Please find us on Facebook.com oh, yeah. slash the underappreciated movie podcast and someone else. Or Audra again, because that was delightful. Email <laughs> unmoviepodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you and we'll read it. <laughs> yeah, we will. That's the first email we've gotten since the guy uh, requested that we do that tank movie that I hated. Oh, yeah. And we did that movie. The Beast. See, you email us and shit gets done. <laughs> Only because so few people do it. <laughs> And whenever you hear this song, when you hear the beginner goes, ow, when you think about Michael J. Fox pulling those pants. Okay. I won't. And then tune in next week. On the podcast. For Tony's pants. Oh, shit, I got to pick a movie. Oh, Why do you not know day. this? He knows it. I, I know this. I'm going to start writing. Then confused? Why can't I do it a bit? It's oh. a bit, sir. It's not a good bit. My pick is we're S- going to stay in the M's. Oh, we are. Bond, and we're going to go back a little bit to uh-huh. an amazing year for movies, 1984. Uh-huh. And we're gonna do Spleen 1984 Splash. <laughs> oh, Ooh, Splash with Tom Hanks and Daryl Hannah. How does that qualify? It's it does. Fifty-nine percent on Metacritic. I think. Eighty-four, like, you said. Didn't that make like half a billion dollars? <laughs> Splash. I checked it like what yesterday. Recently, it was very recently. Hey, I believe no, it. No, it was mean, it was before we recorded last time because when John said he was going to the Wayback Machine, I was like, oh no, I hope it's not the same movie. It's oh Tony yeah. Fifty-eight percent audience score. Ninety-one critics, I guess, but I don't know about that. But. Take my favorite line. I'm not a fish. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love. Uh, good job, Harold. Why don't you see if you can't find us a unicorn?
Oh man, we're a little over. Two hours, two minutes. All right, bye bye.